0: Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. I'm your host, Darren Mooney, and joining me as always well is my co-host, Phil Bagnall. How are you, Phil? Am I your co-host? Yeah, you were there earlier, right? That's that's who you are. You're, you're my co-host. Well, this is
1: how this works. Whoever gets here first.
0: You're my co-host. You've always been my co-host, right? What are you talking I mean, about, Darren? Wait, 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 <laughs> who, who, who who exactly who are you? am I? Yeah, yeah. who's... who's the bearded man on the chat anyway so oh yes. dementia uh, yeah <laughs> all right so uh, yes we were talking about the father this week the florian zeller discussion and joining myself my co-host phil we have two fantastic guests the wonderful andrew quinn how are you andrew
2: i'm very good i'm um prepared uh and professional and um uh, podcast have you watched the movie i have um i i was late um with the chicken and um and uh <laughs> and I am I am uh, uh you're 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 not just your guest but you're um don't you remember me um why are how... you in my flat <laughs> no I'm very well
0: Darren how are how are you how are, how are you doing this morning I am I'm, I'm very excited because we also have another guest the wonderful Stacey Graddon. how are you Stacey
3: I'm I'm Andrew Darren I was here a minute ago
0: <laughs> No, but that—that was—it wasn't.
3: Didn't no, you say that that you was were... five years ago? Oh dear. Oh, okay.
0: So, if you're
1: Stacey, man, it's I hope, the I, chicken. I really yeah. hope people have actually seen the movie when they're <laughs> yeah. tuning in. This is
3: going to be I a very really confusing do. opening. Yeah, if this you haven't. How I yeah.
2: yeah.
3: I am Stacey. Right. Keeping,
2: I am well. in keeping with the movie. Are we going to take this any farther?
0: Um, No, (laughs) I appreciate it. I I do what I really like. I'm really looking forward to all the dad jokes we're going to enjoy mm -hmm. here today.
2: Yeah, yeah, dad. Um, dad, you did you think of any yourself? Um, I'm just stealing (laughs) your dad jokes.
0: Um, uh, (laughs) and firing them back at me. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think I think the performances are so great that you know, if this was on stage, it would have won a bunch of Tony's, but all right, so uh. We're going to talk about The Father, which is Florian Zellers' twenty twenty one um study of dementia starring Anthony Hopkins, uh, Olivia Colman. It is one of the big nominees at the Oscars. It is tied for the second highest number of Oscar nominations. Um, so along with movies like Say Minari, for example, but behind the front runner Mank. Um, it's an interesting film. It is the only best picture nominee this year to have made the IMDB two fifty. Shocking, which isn't... is a it's a very interesting phenomenon. Um Last year... like okay.
1: How many of last year's field actually made the list? Eight, Eight of, of
0: nine. nine. And Eight of, of nine. Four of them are still Jojo... there. Yep, Jojo Rabbit was the only one that missed last year oh, and it thank missed heavens. by an inch.
2: That, um, that's one of the reasons the Academy gave. Like, <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> why for, it didn't for get not best picture. Jojo the, the gong. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can think of as no others.
0: But yeah, let's very quickly run through the Best Picture field as it's been. So the the Best Picture nominees are The Father, the one that we're talking about today, the only movie to make the IMDb 250. It's currently in the top 150, a ranking of 8.3 with 28,000 votes. Nomadland, the presumed frontrunner, basically already has its name engraved on the Best Picture Oscar, Darren says not dating the podcast at all, (laughs) has a rating of 7.5 with 53,000 votes. Minari, 7.6, 29,000. Promising Young Woman, 7.6 with 69,000, making it the second most voted Upon film on the on the list, Judas and the Black Messiah seven point six again thirty five thousand. Sound of Metal seven point eight with sixty thousand, which makes it relatively well seen. Mank the dog of the pack if you believe the IMDb rankings because you never piss off Orson Welles fans. Apparently, Orson Welles fans are the they, they vote they vote with their feet and yeah. their their index fingers on mice seven with fifty two thousand, and according to IMDb. The most popular or the most seen of this movie's of uh, this year's best picture nominees, Trial of the Chicago Seven, with a seven point eight out of ten, with one hundred twenty nine thousand votes. So it's a, it's a very interesting Netflix. deal. But just Stacey and Yep, that was early <laughs> too. Well, Mank was also on Netflix, was the thing as well, um, and Mank did not fare nearly as well. Yeah, but uh,
1: well, to be fair, but well, actually, this isn't quite a comparison because I was going to say uh, Mank is an immense disappointment. Uh, but then again, Trial Shadow Seven is also pretty terrible. So we've, you know, do such. I think
2: Aaron awesome awesome. Sorkin fans will be happy with it. They you know? will.
1: Um, but like, like they will. Like, in that there's lots of if chat.
2: you can't get past, like the... Sorkinisms. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Then, then, then you're probably not going to enjoy it as much as you could otherwise. But uh, I, I, is part is part of that just like uh, um, contempt through familiarity. For, for 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 Sorkin, like like nobody minded. Kind of um, a few good men, or is he just, or is he just um, kind of run out of control? <laughs> or even,
0: or even the social network. I think I think the issue with Sorkin is is basically Sorkin and politics, because there's been this backlash to The West Wing, where like during the nineties, The West Wing was this weird utopian fantasy of the Clinton years, and now you have like three or four simultaneous hate watch West Wing podcasts. Uh, which are fantastically successful. I'm thinking about launching one myself. It seems like there's a gap in the market. But yeah, like there's this real anger towards Sorkin as a political commentator based off stuff like, say, the newsroom. Why don't that we famous... pivot, Darren, <laughs> <Yeah>. in, into <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the West into Wing the Sorkin podcast? Yeah. That's the gap in the market there. I'll tell you what, Darren, hold the off. Episode. Maybe...
1: Why not hold off about maybe another 10, 15 years and the circle will have come back around in favor of the West Wing. And then you'll be the first in on the we love the West Wing.
0: Uh, Market, oh. but I, I guess, I guess what Phil is suggesting here is that like By this year way, Netflix. This <laughs> 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 and not... But Andrew is Andrew is getting very into the spirit of the movie that we just watched, <laughs> round round. So with...
2: In my In my defense, I'm hungover, so the, it's it's, it's oh, a respon- it's a look. responsible thing to 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 drink. I've already been for a run. So, um, I, um, wow, th- th- this is, um, it's like, this is a low key flex. It's a com Yeah. It's a, it, it, it's a very low key flex. If I told you how, Andrew, how, it's eight o'clock. how, 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 <laughs> although to be fair randy
1: i'd be jealous i'd be more jealous of your hungover state right now except that i'm planning to be in the same position tomorrow oh
2: excellent yeah well it's the it's the drunk demic i guess that we this is why this is also why we're podcasting early today for which i apologize
0: all right Um, also there
2: any tea or whiskey in those glasses Where there sorry that's 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 a mild spoiler (laughs) It <laughs> yeah, is for, for a later
0: for a, for conversation. A yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to where we were.
1: We were just okay, Aaron okay. Sorkin, which
0: I have Okay, about. what I was going to say was Phil was arguing that Netflix's strategy was trial and error. Eh? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
3: I was just going to say as well I think maybe one of the issues with Trial of the Chicago Seven is that the conversation that film is trying to have about police brutality and institutional racism is not quite the same conversation that we are currently having in terms of the US's current 2020-2021 relationship with institutional racism and police brutality. And, you know, while all sort of period set films purport to say something about the time in which they're made, I think Aaron Sorkin is maybe saying something a little bit different to what we, we are now saying about how uh, how these problems are manifesting in the U.S. And I think the sort of dissonance between his film and his perspective on it and what's really happening are, are one of the reasons that people aren't aren't clicking with with the Chicago 7.
1: I think period pieces have to learn to maybe get over that apparent necessity. Like, you can be about the time in which you're actually set, too, because Lord knows we love looking back on these things. I mean, why else would we be dissing the West Wing now? Sorry.
3: Well, but I mean, no film. The, the,
1: sorry, three people at once. This is going to go well.
2: We need an Aaron Sorkin,
0: um, so, <laughs> so we can talk <laughs> over each other very yeah, while Exactly. But, <laughs> but sorry, Stacey, Structure. there. You're, I think you're going to you're going to respond to that actually. Well,
3: yeah. just that no film is made in a vacuum. You know, everything that is made says something about the time in which it is made, as as well as if it is a period piece, looking back at you know a different time, whether it's to compare or to contrast. But yeah getting
1: flashbacks to our once upon a time in hollywood
3: episode <laughs> <then>. <laughs> but well, no, like the present,
0: um, yeah. like the, the yeah to, to quote to quote a a non-oscar nominated movie quoting william faulkner you know the past isn't dead it isn't even past our relationship with the past is constantly changing so it makes yeah. sense that how we discuss the past constantly I mean, changes in the emphasis we're, that we we're, place we're in there. living
2: we're living in the buildings that like that like of of and the and the, you know the foundations and the walls and everything else um of 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 the past we're not we're not constantly kind of um you know having to figure out how we think about things or how we react to things kind of um with a blank slate i think the 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 point that stacey made is quite right but i i, I think it benefited and was also maybe in the inevitable backlash um Sorry, not inevitable, but in in the maybe predictable backlash to it,
0: response. Um,
2: to. Yeah, a response. Like, yeah, let's let's just say response <laughs> that it it at at first it it might may have benefited from being um, perhaps superficially uh, reminiscent of of um, the, the 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 crisis that um, well the the continuing crisis that 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 that, um, that was. Uh, unfolding on its release but of course when they were making the movie that the um while while black lives matters was um was an old um it um movement it hadn't it hadn't really kind of grabbed the world's attention in the same way so why did I, I i think to an extent kind of um events caught up in a way that was advantageous to the movie um but, but also but ultimately of, they, they didn't make yeah. the movie during the um the, the 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 crisis i guess
1: i like the thought of it as being unintentionally cynical
0: well no i well, okay i I, w- I would be generous to sorkin and i would i would make the point that like if and again sorry welcome to the sorkin cast we apparently have pivoted to the sorkin cast but the Oh, God, the argument
1: to pivot back fast okay the sorkin. argument that our region, the
0: argument that I would I would make is that yeah, Sorkin Sorkin wrote this, I think, in response to things like, you know, the protests in, in kind of Flint and and, and like the two thousand fourteen cases, the kind of Martin case and More stuff like on. that. And yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly kind of what I'm thinking of there. Yeah. So those sort of those sort of things he was reacting to. And you can kind of see it. It's it's a weird thing that you see in a lot of this a lot of recent traditional Oscar bait. So you see it in movies like say uh Judas and the Black Messiah, I would argue, is an example of it as well. Um and and films like say Just Mercy, starring Michael B. Jordan, which is well we're seeking out it's a death penalty movie, like a nineties death penalty movie, but like there's a whole well wait, we have to talk about systemic problems as well. And I think Sorkin is aware of that, but not necessarily best suited to that. So like in Trial of the Chicago 7, you get a lot of stuff around him realizing that he has to deal with the Bobby Seal stuff and the Bobby Seal stuff can't be separated, even though the title of the movie excludes Bobby Seal by default. So you have this weird dynamic where he's like, yes, I have to acknowledge that this was a thing that happened. Yes, I have to acknowledge that there was a context for it as well. But it's also not the movie I'm making. And you end up with this weird kind of push and pull between.
2: Well, he's kind of he's kind of on a hiding to nothing, though, like trying to defend himself. Like because the right or wrong um, detractors of the movie aren't going to necessarily be satisfied with his explanation of why um, bobby sue was excluded um, you know like uh, uh,
1: backlash is going to backlash i think well, is the lesson we, here like, we, you're never you're never going to please all audiences. We, we like, gonna,
2: think... we're we're, we're, we're gonna audience. <laughs> we we going to please this audience we have <laughs> okay. decided that it's it's a response sorry 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 we're, we, okay. we 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 have diversity we pay... of uh, <laughs> Oh, no. opinion oh when... no this Although... is
0: so early in the <laughs>
2: podcast
1: um... yeah we need <laughs>
0: uh, i think um...
1: we actually no i'm gonna come back
0: to that all right well i'm gonna just open open the floor up then before we get to talking specifically about the father the best picture race this year the oscars this year uh andrew phil stacy broad opinions on the race what you think of it is it better than last year is this a good field is this a bad field do you have a particular favorite in it is it this movie that we're going to talk about or is it another one so uh Stacey
2: will i go said. first oh sorry Okay, and and okay, they, Andrew, Andrew. I'll,
0: I'll go so. first because it'll be rock, paper, yeah. scissors. Go um, first, Phil. Yep, Phil. Go. Oh, Phil? Hang, on,
2: yeah. hang on, hang on,
0: hang <laughs> on. Andrew, I, Andrew, go first. I, okay, I don't care. I don't, I don't,
2: I don't, I don't, care at all. Like, I, I, I have okay, no interest cool. in, in in the race. Um, so that's my um <laughs> <laughs> my two cents.
3: That's Andrew's thing. Daddy, <laughs> please. Um, all
0: right, follow that then. Yeah.
3: I think this is an interesting bunch of films. Like I was thinking about specifically the fact that The Father is the only one that has broken into the top two fifty. And I was trying to look at the others, like in the context of these eight films, like or these seven other films, uh, why that might be. And I would say some of it maybe comes down to IMD politics and sort of voting trends that we have seen before and talked about before. In terms of the fact that maybe female-led films or films led by a person of color or people of color maybe don't get ranked as highly for a variety of reasons. Yeah.
0: The go-to example here isn't awards fair. It's it's like Black Panther and Captain and Marvel, Captain like Marvel billion-dollar yeah. movies, billion-dollar yeah. movies that like bunch of their compatriots. Every other Marvel movie over that threshold made it. Mm. These two didn't, and why is that? Mm. But. And this may be applied to Oscars And I wonder
3: if it does, yeah. And if we do, you know, to be generous, we say there may be lesser seen, there may be lesser voted on. I don't want to take, you know, voters in bad faith and say people are purposely downvoting them or giving them low votes. But if, yeah, on the basis of that, we could take out five of the eight, right? Which are Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Minari, Judas and the Black Messiah, and Sound of Metal, which... I would have thought if you told me that just one of the eight films made it into the top 250, I would have guessed Sound of Metal. I wouldn't have guessed The Father. I think Sound of Metal is the one that feels kind of contemporary and resonant in a way that even in our current pandemic conditions, again, dating the podcast horribly, feels the most resonant, feels like something, feels like a conflict and a struggle that people can relate to, uh, even, you know, if it's not sudden deafness it's this sudden obstacle appearing and upending your life um and I've talked about this quite a bit elsewhere but it feels to me like the the most resonant film the most of its moment of any of these nominees and probably my favorite film that I've seen so far I haven't seen all of them um so I I, you know take that with a pinch of salt like I still haven't seen Nomadland which as Darren has said is currently the front runner uh but to be honest i don't really expect to like any of them more than sound of metal i really really liked sound of metal and to come back to my point that i was making about why the father's in the top 250 if we take out those five films i've just mentioned we're left with three which are Mank, trial of the chicago seven and the father and without wanting to talk about trial of the chicago seven any more than we just have (laughs) (laughs) if we look at this and if we look at Mank, yeah um uh, they're both period films whereas the father is set in a more contemporary moment and as i've said because the past year has been so strange things that period films may have once said about our present moment feel like they no longer apply aren't as easy to kind of anchor on to or click with relate to whatever way you want to put it they maybe just aren't they do- They don't feel as close to our current day or to be commenting as much on our current situation as maybe they would have under normal conditions. So I think we're left with the father, which people may relate to because again, not unlike the sound of metal, it's about someone kind of dealing with this interior uh obstacle that's sort of presented in their lives. this what feels like a very sudden and very confusing upending of someone's life even though as the father goes on we get a sense of just how long he's been dealing with the dementia that is, is causing him such distress uh i would say also there's another maybe simpler explanation as to why people like this film and it's that anthony hopkins i would say is far and away the most famous person uh leading a best picture movie this year like gary oldman maybe has some similar cultural clout Francis McDormand, very arguably. But if you don't know who the Coen Brothers are, do you know who Francis McDormand is? If you just look at this list of Best Picture nominees and you go, "Well, who's in them?" You know, as a member of, you know, a, a voting. Who's on p- the poster? Even who's on the yeah. poster? Who am I looking at? Who do I recognize? I would say Anthony Hopkins, especially because Gary Oldman is once again doing old man drag. Uh, Anthony Hopkins is the most recognizable person. Anthony Hopkins is this huge star figure. Like he is recognized, he's been famous for 50 years. You know, everybody knows who he is. Uh, Everyone, you know, may not like him, but certainly will maybe know what to expect when they go in. And that's part of what's clever about the father too, is that it does corrupt the image of, of Anthony Hopkins in a way that we'll probably get into later in that he is known for the guy who's smarter, playing the guy who's smarter than everyone else in the room. And this kind of, upturns it in a way that's that's very very interesting to kind of unpack Uh, so that's those are my thoughts as I said so far Sound of Metal is my favorite of these (coughs) best picture nominees I always find it very difficult to compare to previous years or previous groups of films I think there's always one or two where you're looking at it going why is this here who watched this who liked this but uh yeah those those are those are my thoughts overall having not seen all of them.
0: I do like, by the way, the suggestion that The Father is at the ultimate pandemic movie and that we literally spend most of it inside mm-hmm. a confined physical space of an apartment mm-hmm. that, you know, we'll talk about it in the spoiler zone, the production design is fantastic, but it is very much a locked in an apartment losing your mind movie. Mm-hmm. So it's perhaps a movie that resonates in 2021. Sorry, Andrew, I, to cut you off there.
2: No, no, I, I, I do like the, the, the kind of the contrast as well between Anthony Hopkins and Gary Oldman because um like Anthony Hopkins i to to some extent kind of does the Anthony Hopkins thing which is not which it which which is not like a a a major uh, criticism or something that i see as a flaw and you could say that that's the richard burton thing um and and it's and it's a good um, it's it's it it's a good uh, kind of a, a a lineage, and I'm looking. I am to primed to trot impression. out that
0: impression again. Please don't mention him again. Andrew just teeing off Phil's uh, Richard yeah. Burton impression. But while Phil's working on that, what about your own reactions, Phil, to the 2020 or 2021 Oscar slate? Because you, okay. you like we've talked in this podcast before about like, your you know you you maybe stepped away from modern cinema a bit, but I think you've seen quite a few of the nominees this year. Am I am I wrong in well, saying that?
1: Uh, well, just to take up what Stacey was saying about how strange it is maybe to compare one batch of films from one year to another, I remember last year looking at all the nominees and I thought, well, that's a mixed bag if ever there was one. There was a couple of near masterpieces and there was an absolute dross in that list. And I know it's okay. all
0: subjective, but... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here. I'm sorry, Phil. Like the fact that it was a smorgasbord, and the fact that last year was so eclectic and insane was what made it brilliant. Something you for had, everyone. Like, that, that's it. It's it's mm. the something for everybody Oscars. So you have like the kip the hip cool kids have Little Women, for example. The auteurs have ma- Auteur fans have Marriage Story. The nineties kids have Quentin Tarantino movies starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. The blockbuster fans get Joker. The world cinephiles get Parasite. You know the quirky little indie kids they get you know the Jojo Rabbit. You know dads they get Ford v Ferrari. Mm. Those who like studio epics they get The Irishman. Like I, lost I would camp, go to back- all of them. That's prob- I hope that, I, I probably forgot one of them and I feel really bad, but no, like that that would be, oh, and and sp- fans of craft, fans of artistic craft get 1917, mm. the presumptive frontrunner that was beaten by Parasite and dated our podcast on both of them terribly, <laughs> but yes, that would be Um, like, I, I will go to the bat for last year as one of the all-timers, not because I think pound for pound it was the best in terms of quality, but like, in terms of looking at where cinema was in 2019, like Diversity of opinions, diversity of style, diversity of studio, diversity of scale, diversity of production, diversity of genre. I thought last year's was like, this is a good sample tasting board of what cinema looks like. So I uh, sorry to jump in there and jump in. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood
2: kind of it, it's funny how it kind of mirrors that because once upon a time in Hollywood was about kind of like a, a, a period of transition and of these kind of old stars competing with the with new stars and old ideas competing with new ideas and with the, i guess diversity yeah because like in in the the in churn the, basically yeah 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 cuz you you had you had people starting to come into movies who were previously told that they couldn't be in movies it was like, yeah. um, no, you, you, you don't look like our demographic. Kind of, yeah. Dustin Hoffman,
0: we're... there's something about you. I don't, I don't know what I would call exactly. it. It's, it's not waspy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I would call it though. But there's something right, about you, yeah. Dustin Hoffman and Al Pacino. Um, so, sorry, it's... Phil, cut you off there. Um, no, sorry, oh, sorry I, I
2: beg your pardon. My, no, no, I, I mean, my, are my, you my bad. Phil? Um, no, no, I'm saying, um, I'm apologizing to you, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Where <laughs> is this?
0: Oh. Apparently this bit is continuing much longer than we thought it would. What type of podcast? <laughs> <laughs> See I've got two watches. I've got the watch in my hand, the watch in my head. Um but yes, actual <laughs> film. <laughs> actual Phil, uh, sorry I cut you off.
1: Actual Phil, that's my name from now on. It's a great nickname. Um so like again, like Stacy, I haven't seen all the nominees. And of what I've seen... Man, this is a weak year. I'm sorry, uh, but I have to say that I'm not impressed so far. As I've said before, I think Mank is terrible. David Fincher was... I know it was based on his father's script, but I really think he should have shot this around. If ever there was a film that was shot on digital that needed to be shot on film, this is it. Uh, Trials of Chicago 7, I think, is just a bit too sincere and clever, clever to deal with what it's dealing with. Um, Promising Young Woman. Do I even want to go there? It's a lot. Um, but for all that it uh, tries to do and all it maintains to be in terms of its style and in terms of its themes, pardon me, but I think it's a bit of a basic, uh, just be honest. And uh, for film about revolutionaries, I found Judas and the Black Messiah very, very bog standard. Um, so then we come to The Father, and I'm going to save my verdict on that until we actually ask the questions.
4: Whoa.
2: All right, then. All right, Are, so then what, I think that's what, what about what about a promising young woman? You didn't mention that. <laughs> oh, sorry, we, we cut it out. Oh, you, uh, <laughs> uh, all, <laughs> all I know is that I am.
1: Uh, of the remaining nominees, um, based on what I've heard, um, I mean, they could go either way. Nomadland—I'm very, very curious to see. Like, mm, I, I'm sure, much like those, some of those other films, I will have a lot of thoughts we shall see uh darren oh, and i'll then, let you know you can you can spread the word to twitter when i get around to this
0: i i, I can be your your twitter ambassador apparently i can uh, i can do that but no the why would i do that i don't know why i would do that you're not i just seemed like the polite twitter? thing it seemed like it would be don't the polite thing suffer to do enough? <laughs> in this situation. Okay, but yes, very quickly then let's talk about The Father and its Oscar chance and then let's talk about the film. So The the Father's, uh, has, you know, the second highest number of nominations shared with a number of other films including, say, Minari. Um, It has... uh... It looks like it could be one of two Best Picture nominees to go home completely empty handed. um, In that, the other one is also, ironically, Trial of the Chicago Seven, which was favorite for the award (laughs) starting out. So it is nominated for Editing, Production Design, Best Actor, Best Actress, uh, sorry, Best Supporting Actress, um, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Picture. And it is not the favorite in any of those categories. It could pull off a surprise in editing; uh, it's, it's a possibility. And there's a very remote possibility of it throwing up a, sp- a surprise in best actor. But to do that, Hopkins would have to beat um, Bozeman, and that seems highly, highly uh, unlikely. But uh, all right. Then f-
2: well, for, well, have you seen like for for Bozeman? Why? I, I mean, they. they, uh, they... Well Well and I'm, I'm maybe has... maybe there would be an element of that, but I think Judge Dunn is it what 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 is it for, the Five Bloods or or what?
0: No, it's it's more no, any flat uh... bottom. Like it, inex- inexplicably they didn't nominate the Five Bloods for Delroy Lindo's performance, which anyway, sorry, this is Darren on his soapbox. I apologize for that, but um
2: Right. Like it, it's it's not as if Chadwick Boseman's performances aren't good. Um
1: Oh no, I'm not saying that. But I mean, the fact is, unfortunately, he passed away a few months ago. So I mean, it, I think, regardless of the quality of his performance, if he were to win, a lot of people will say it'll be, you know, it'll be Peter Finch or Heath Ledger all over again. That as good as they are, it'll be, it'll have that slight tarnish of being, well, you know. It, well, I was about,
0: I was about to ask that. Like the, the there have only been two posthumous winners uh, in the past for acting awards, which are Finch is it and a Ledger, right? Uh, that's what that's what I was about to ask like yeah. I don't think anybody thinks that ledger didn't deserve it I don't think anybody thinks that Finch didn't deserve it
2: but uh, if, if, no. if, if 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 say if say we take the position that they don't deserve it, it's it's maybe an of of the the kind of career that potential impact that they've kind had. Of cut short. Mm. and um and kind of what what what
0: what um well, like I, they, I mean, you we, know, we, give, it, we give we give we give it, Oscars to actors, like to recognize past performances. Like I don't think honorary, anybody voting for yeah. Al Pacino, yeah, I don't know, but I don't even think anybody voting for Al Pacino in *Scent of a Woman* was like this. This is the Al Pacino <laughs> performance, right, exactly. Um, yeah, like I, I don't think it's a it's a living or dead thing either. Um, but, it, but anyway, yeah,
2: sorry, that that it might be a way of acknowledging a great talent um kind of
1: in, yeah in, in, I, I i suppose i suppose this is me forgetting that you know sometimes just sometimes the oscars aren't necessarily based on merit
0: i feel i feel a need to like slap Phil and go well what were you going to do about it what would you do about it if i did it again um sorry <laughs> it's a different different conversation <laughs> <laughs> all right then
2: but getting upset about the oscars
1: i know it's <laughs> <Yeah>. the point <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <redundant>. it's totally redundant like
2: <laughs> yeah no like again Uh, there's so many different directions you could go with that uh,
0: (laughs) all of them out the door yeah well i like that we have a broad representation of opinion on this podcast where andrew's like i just don't care and phil's like i don't care (laughs) but they're wrong um (laughs) um, Uh, all right then so so to kick us off then um so i'm gonna ask Mm stacy Do you think that The Father belongs on a list of the 250 greatest movies ever made? And I think it's in the 140s at the moment.
3: Oh, my gosh. Um, I would say... And,
0: like, climbing. Like, it hasn't dropped, which is is remarkable. It's Um, at
1: 142 at time of recording
3: wow okay um that seems to me maybe a little high i would say that's certainly kind of an effect of the recency of its release but with that said i do think it does some there are some innovative and interesting things going on in this film uh i do recognize it as being extremely good and very inventive very creative and using interestingly using its uh it's kind of Genesis as a play to really good effect on screen when usually when a film is adapted from a play, you can tell and it feels stagey. It feels like there's a lot of capital A acting going on. The, the repeated use of, of locations and props can feel very kind of hammered in, like very having to remain very authentic to the play. Um, It doesn't always work well on screen. Whereas because of the subject matter of this, it actually works really, really well. Uh, It does some interesting things in terms of its casting, in terms of its structure, in terms of its editing. I'm surprised to hear it's a dark horse, actually, for editing in terms of its Oscar nominations, because its editing is flawless. I think that's a lot. I would have said so, too. Its editing is flawless. It's beautiful. And it does so much of the work in terms of presenting this as a story of someone's kind of mental confusion because what we're seeing on screen makes sense, makes logical sense until it doesn't. And that's, you know, it's the, the, the same thing that they say about anyone with any kind of mental disorder is that they don't know that they have a mental disorder. We don't know that anything confusing or strange is going on until we do. Um, so in terms of, yeah, as I've said, a lot of its technique, a lot of its structuring, its casting choices, its production design and locations it's very innovative it's very interesting it's doing some really wonderful things actually and especially as i said as an adaptation of a play which don't always play well on screen it's doing remarkable things with that uh, i'm not sure if it would be in the top 250 best films ever made but i I'm, I'm glad it's on the list of again especially in the context of these best picture nominees like okay this one i can i can yeah. deal with
0: yeah um and it is worth noting actually those two things that you singled out the production design and the ending are the nominations that they have it was peter francis who did the production design we'll probably talk about that when we get into the spora zone the ending was done by yorgos lamprinos as well i believe um so again and, and very very well done um and you mentioned its origin as a play because obviously it began as le pierre um a french play a play in paris um it was adapted uh, shall
1: from... the french shall the french pronunciation expert step in here just in case no Aaron well, to... is
0: Franco the pronunciation, pronunciation expert. No, no, I'm not. We know, we know. We have two (laughs) Francophiles on here, I think, actually. Um, But yeah, so Florian (laughs) Zeller um, wrote... So Florian Zeller wrote the play. uh, Yeah, wrote The Pair. Um, sorry I don't know why I'm calling it the pair but it wrote the play it's it's as close as we get fair enough it is as close as I'm going to get Um, but yes basically it was adapted by uh, a British playwright and Christopher British playwright and director Christopher Hampton took it over translated it into English for the British stage Um, it was performed uh, 2016 with Kenneth Cranham winning an Olivier Award for Best Actor Um, it was it has been regarded as one of the most universally praised plays of the past decade I think the Telegraph named it the best play of the decade Um, and then obviously it was adapted for screen and it was again it was hampton um who gets a co-writing credit on this and will if if it wins adapted screenplay which it probably won't but if it does it will be hampton who will share it with cellar and it was hampton who actually introduced cellar to uh to hopkins as well which is which is fun but phil do you think the father belongs on the list of the 250 greatest movies ever made um
1: Ooh, like I would agree with Stacey that a certain element of its ranking is because of how recent it is. Whether I would put it on the list of the 250 greatest movies ever made, quote unquote, oh, probably not. But, well, I don't know. I've, um, I think it is remarkably well done, though. Like, uh, it is probably one of the best adaptations of a theatre piece that I've seen but just whether it belongs like in, in general. such like, like a company. Oh yeah, in general, in general, absolutely. Um, I'd have to think about that. I, that is the one time that I hear this question and I am genuinely not sure.
0: Well, that's a really, really good start, actually. Again, particularly for something that is so new. And like we're all mm. relatively fresh to, um, as well because it's it's a new entry, yeah, and because an, its award strategy largely consisted of holding it back until the last possible moment and kind of releasing it. Sony Pic- Classic Pictures uh, not made a releasing guess. it guess, <laughs> yeah, or or not releasing it. In the case of our Irish listeners, this won't be released in Ireland until June. Um, we have to break a
2: um, uh, rules to 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 all like go to America. <laughs> um, like and and, and i want to i want to i want to be we did rent a that.
0: cinema like My, myself and myself and yeah. andrew did rent a cinema we did fly over and rent an amc cinema and watch it there <laughs> together um, exactly
2: and and we'll take the fine i mean yeah. darren will uh well, i'm, I, I'm you're currently broadcasting right Trump.
0: now yeah no, to i'm going recording, recording from a hotel, hotel
2: right now <laughs> um, but, but <laughs> from the Just law, try to extradite us. <laughs> yeah.
0: they'll they'll never track down the IP address on this. But no, like because it is worth noting, you know, so many of like the best picture nominees had very long runways to get here. Uh, you know, Mank was released back in November. Trial of the Chicago Seven was released back in November. Nomadland had been circling since September. I saw all of these movies uh, late last year, apart from The Father, because The Father was one that Sony held very close to their chest, and basically released it at the last possible moment. Even when it got the Best Picture nominee, it was reportedly the least seen among the Academy members. Um, if you couldn't see it in Los Angeles because they hadn't released it on digital, for example, which is quite remarkable given that so many people voted for it as well. Archelage um, and... is
2: now closed
0: as well. Yes, yeah. Which, uh, oh. the, like, like and Cynodome, so... yeah, the Cynodome.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's other places to see it. and Hopefully, like the likes of AMC or somebody will will, will, will buy um, <laughs> arc but yeah, there, there's there's fewer and fewer places to to watch movies.
0: Um, even even yeah. even even, even even if you're allowed to go and see them. Well, no, well that that's it. Is that like and again, it's because it was a movie that was aimed at an older demographic as well. They pushed the release back, hoping that like releasing it late would mean that older people would feel more comfortable going to see it. Um, which is quite and again, the stats in its opening weekends were like you know people over the. 40% of the audience were over 55, over 55, 76% were over 35, for example. Um, and, you know, that the 54% would definitely recommend it. 84% really liked it as well. But yeah, the idea that they, and again, they tried the strategy with French Exit, which is the Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, Lucas Hedges movie as well with Sony's other big punt. And it didn't land, but it's kind of interesting that this is so hard to see. Of all the Best Picture nominees, like, again, if you were streaming, and again, because this is a a pre-Oscar podcast... You can watch uh, Nomadland on Hulu in the States. It'll be released on St- Disney Star over here in, later this month. Minari is available on Vudu on Hulu, wherever you want to buy it. Promising Young Woman is available um, to buy anywhere in the States, but also is on Sky uh, and Now TV in the UK. Judas and the Black Messiah is available to buy anywhere, but also on HBO Max in the States. Sound of Metal is available on Amazon Prime around the world as of this moment. Man Control, the Chicago 7 are also available around the world uh, on Netflix and have been since last year. Is Just this an
1: advertisement know. or consumer advice? I'm not sure anymore.
0: Okay, but I'm just saying if but, people want to watch these movies, they yeah, can, I and mean, they can do you, that there. You don't Watching have the to have is Bacardi hard. and
2: soda. You can also have this <laughs> Bicardi and pina colada. But any anyway, you have can have. I can get in in the it rain. Sets, <laughs> sorry. It sets the night of
0: life with freshness.
2: Okay? Would you like
0: a, a small whiskey, Andrew? Would you like a small this whiskey? This is the classic out in the ocean. <laughs> um, but, Andrew, what about yourself? Do you think the father belongs in the list of the 250 greatest movies ever made?
2: I do not. I think there are better stagey movies. Um, like, personally... Sorry. I mean, not personally. Definitively. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not my list. It's the list.
2: It's the <laughs> list we're talking about here. So, like, putting my feelings for this movie aside doesn't belong to me.
0: Oh, okay. The
2: this list. is going to be one of Glen- those episodes. <laughs> yeah, no. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross... Um, I I like is a favorite of mine. That's very sort of much a play, um, and and it's not on the list as far as I know. And it also
0: has a much better watch related plotline. I feel like the payoff for the watch <laughs> plotline is much stronger in Glengarry yeah. Glenross. And,
2: and I think it captures the older crowd as well. Um, really, like even means- even with its uh, unparliamentary language. Um, yeah, well, maybe not. Like, <laughs> sorry, for our American listeners, there's bad language in it. So... Uh, <laughs> Although maybe, to Irish maybe, listeners, maybe, it's maybe, a word you're familiar with. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I, loved, <laughs> I, I, I loved love that about Glengarry Glenn Ross. When he gets to one particular word, you can actually hear how uncomfortable Pacino is saying it.
2: It's quite funny. The, um, in terms of other, other movies that are similar, that, that, that maybe ought to be on the, uh, um, 250... Like I, I I I quite liked the more and I thought it it it, it, it I think Haneke is, it was Haneke wasn't it that yep, that yep. he he captures I think um uh, despair um better than 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 this movie does like if you really want to um have a I guess a bad time watching a movie but but like in in <laughs> in a way that's rewarding I guess you know what I mean um then then i'd watch that in terms of like movies about people caring for other people um with um with with uh, some sort of a condition i i i like les les Antouchables, or sorry phil will pronounce that better than i would you've the, actually the, hit it pretty much
1: nail on the head in t- the les okay.
2: oh excellent the, the 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 untouchables which we covered and yeah. um diving bell and the with the carer
1: as we well, haven't.
0: actually, we, yeah.
1: I was going to say I don't remember uh, Kevin Costner having a limp, but no,
2: different movie um... with Brian Cranston and
1: Kevin Hart.
3: <laughs> Kevin Hart is Kevin Hart taking enough of our
2: money. <laughs> um, sorry, like I don't begrudge him any of the money that he's taken from us so far, but uh...
3: it is interesting though. Of films you could talk about that are about dementia or Alzheimer's or a particular. You know, a- ailments relating to mental confusion. It is usually a woman who is the person who's being cared for, as in more. It is... um, the Or Relic, even earlier this
0: year, for example.
3: Relic, yeah. earlier this year, like a few years ago, Julianne Moore won an Oscar for Still Alice, where she develops early onset Alzheimer's. And then the other one that I would think of from this century alone is uh, Away From Her, uh, with Julie uh, Christie. Judy Christie. Yeah. So it is usually an older woman that we see being cared for by, you know, perhaps a dutiful husband. Um, Not not so much in the case of Still Alice. I think she ends up going to a hospital. Spoiler alert for Still Alice from six years ago. But it is interesting to see a, a male character become disempowered in this way that we haven't seen so much, I would say, in contemporary cinema. Usually when we have a male character becoming disempowered, it's in some sort of physical situation which he is then able to you know build himself up to address and you know burn a building down or find the guy who killed his dog or whatever it may be in terms of mental disempowerment we don't see that with men as often Is the point i was going to say yeah well, I mean,
0: and it actually like the fact that Stacy mentioned that kind of genre and the fact that it is mostly women, I had completely forgotten that what they had existed, which is a 2018 drama starring Hilary Swank, Michael Shannon, Robert Forster about Blythe Daner suffering from Alzheimer's. It's yeah. immensely no, I,
1: forgettable. I don't blame you.
0: I didn't. I, I'd i forgotten that existed until Stacy's like, yep, this is a genre. And I was it's like, yes, this is a genre. <laughs> it is. A, it's definitely a genre. It totally is. Um,
2: like, and the, 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 the um. I think we 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 talked about um the Untouchables with uh with Karen who who yeah. who, um, who is a carer, um, actual professional yeah, carer. Which yeah, yeah, and I I I dabbled in caring, <laughs> um uh, uh previously for 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 a piece I was writing. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> um no, uh that's not the case. Um, for part of that is true, um. But um,
0: I'm now imagining you in that sort of Rosamund Pike "I care a lot" role. <laughs> um,
2: I sort of just see that. Looks rubbish. Do, oh, well, okay. you, you if- like there. You 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 have an admirer, Darren, who you can ask and say, like, was it more like Rosamund Pike, or was this like a a um, a, 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 a Kevin Hart situation? Um,
0: <laughs> I think we're having a real heart-to-heart here at the moment. Um, and for myself, yeah, probably not. I mean, again, I, I tend to like to sit with movies longer than I have. I've seen this twice now in the space of 24 hours. I like it a lot. I think it's very, very well made. I think the editing is fantastic. I think the set design is fantastic. I think the performances are great. I think the script is occasionally a little heavy-handed. It's like that The kind of hits you over the head with, gee, I wonder what the watch could be symbolism for. <laughs> like, I wonder, is one of the characters having difficulty keeping track of time? Is that why we keep coming back to the watch? And, like, some of that stuff, and, and there's a lot of that, like, and the kind of the character, the moment where the character will say things like, oh, everybody goes away in the end. I know that more than most. And you're like, okay, movie, I see what you're doing. It's 20 minutes in. I already got it. You don't need to like tell me that explicitly. Um but it is it is fantastically produced, fantastically directed. The cast are really really good. Um so yeah, no, I know I think it's very good. It's it's comfortably in the middle of my best picture rankings. Um it's behind for me Minari, Yes, Mank, um and Promising Young Woman. I um, like because, my, yes
2: I want to. Like I know I didn't wade into the to the uh. <laughs> the, the ask, that's your one opinion. But <laughs> yeah. if well, if we want to talk about just movies in general and not kind of like whether <laughs> like this. Whether they
0: deserve from. a little gold statue? Yeah, they deserve yeah. a little gold I'm, statue from their wait, mates. Wait, they, um,
2: this is one of those things where like um, people might get a mistaken impression of me um, based on me leaving Twitter. And um, not caring for the Oscars is, is like, no, I'm not necessarily that guy.
0: Um, so what you so- say is uh, you care a lot. I care a lot. Is that what you're saying <laughs> here? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, then. And then second question. Um, so, Stacey, would it be on your own personal 250, your own 250 favorite movies ever?
3: Uh, again, probably not, even though I am quite impressed by its craft, as I said kind of earlier uh i i I did yeah i like i liked it a lot uh personally yeah i i I don't know that it would be on my own top 250
0: and phil what about yourself
1: yes in with a bullet absolutely wow Wow.
0: this is a very like very strong answer normally guess hedge on this so like and you've seen it how many you've seen it earlier this week roughly
1: yep and i've only watched it Um. the once and do you
0: like again, do you have a rough idea kind of um, where?
1: Um, I'm not one of those people who keeps that list. I, I'd have a like it's not it's not like straight into top ten or anything like that. But um I um I was shocked just by how much I reacted to it. I know that it's a a, a running gag on this podcast about how emotive or unemotive Darren can be when it comes through his movies. Just saying. I can be a bit more... I I tend to be a bit more open maybe than some with how I feel about movies. But even so, um, I wasn't prepared for this. Um, It it hit me like a ton of bricks. And if a movie can do that in this day and age when, by my own admission, I'm more jaded and cynical about the whole industry and uh, films in general um it's uh, it gets a lot of brownie points from me so um yes um and i am willing to concede that i i have a a certain amount of personal interest in this kind of storyline but even so even uh, even removing that um yeah I, i i loved it i adored it and um I, I, this is far ahead above the rest of the Oscar nominees I have seen so far, and I know I have to see the rest, but they have a, they have a, a tough act to follow.
3: Wow. I'm so glad you loved it. It is, it is a really wonderful movie. Yeah, it's nice that we're not all just arguing about it. Uh, give, <laughs> it time, give it time. Give it time.
0: We'll have like one of those We're not La even La in the spoiler moments. zone yet. Yeah, we'll have one of the yeah. La, La Land oh, moments no. where where like the rest of us are like we really like it and feels like like it more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Andrew, what about yourself? That was, that was your not own? the
1: La La Land situation. The La La Land that, situation no. was I really like Everybody else just piles on. Like no, like that, that was this. Andrew. Oh, sorry.
0: That no, was... wait, wait, wait. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> that was Andrew. Like, that was myself and Andrew discussing La La Land. I like La La Land and Andrew was like, like it unreservedly. Um, <laughs> I think maybe, maybe
2: Phil is referring to the, to the um Oh, the infamous uh, anniversary uh, massacre. Yes. That's right. That's the anniversary La La Land, ask Land massacre. People what their least favorite movie is anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Positive thoughts only. Positive yeah. vibes. Uh, All right. And Andrew, what about yourself? Would it be on your own personal 250?
2: It wouldn't. um, I think if I if if one of the criteria for my personal 250 would be to have an Anthony Hopkins movie, I wouldn't have the best Anthony Hopkins movie on it. I'd probably have Legends of the Fall um, because I like it. And it's also an erotic (laughs) 90s movie. It's kind of in, 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 in my wheelhouse. In terms of like getting away from eroticism and, and and back towards like more what this movie is about.
0: Um, yeah. Slight spoilers for the father. It is not a 90s erotic thriller. It's not erotic.
2: Not if, in the if, slightest. If you're hoping for an erotic. Uh, yeah, not in the slightest. In terms of like kind of parent stuff, I really liked and, and, um, I really liked Autumn Sonata that we covered lately, and I think I was very strong about saying kind of like that would be my two fifty. And this maybe kind of uh, some of what what Phil was saying about the, the, the well, not quite, no, no, uh, but 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 in 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 terms of, I think I said when we covered Autumn Sonata that it doesn't relate to my own experience, but for some reason I felt it kind of like spoke to me. Um, and in terms of Welsh dads in poor health, I like Twin Town, um, which is a complete mess, um, and it's like a crazy movie, but I I I, I like it a lot. Um, and and they, you know, like Rob Rob um, Rob Brydon's in it. Um, if there's, if there's Rob Brydon is act-
0: not in the father, unfortunately. No, <laughs> no, no he could have no. had the Mark Gattis um, role. He could have had the Mark Gattis role, but unfortunately, not Yeah, I
1: actually I mean, could imagine- see him in Mark Gatiss's role. It's true.
2: Yeah, that if 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 Anthony Hopkins played the dad in Twin Town, like it would be such a departure <laughs> for him. Um,
0: yeah, I love that. You- I love it- that your idea wasn't porting like re Evans over to the father. It was no, you take Anthony Hopkins <laughs> and pop him over in Twin Town. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah (laughs) Yeah, no i i i and i I cried at twin town like i found i found it really um um uh, uh, affecting there there is um yeah
3: I, i was just gonna pick up on andrew's point that of anthony hopkins movies he put in his top 250 this you know this wouldn't be it but legends of the fall would be i do like the idea of like what would your favorite top 250 anthony hopkins movie be because mine would be *The Edge* from 1997, directed by Lee Tamahori, and co-starring the same bear from *Legends yes. of the Fall*. Yes.
1: <laughs> that film deserves more of a rep. David Mamet's script is damn true. It certainly
3: does. It's a great movie. Um, yeah, it's, it's like unbearably
0: uh... tense. I find.
2: <laughs> <laughs> The good news is that you get to also put a, a, an Anthony Hopkins movie in your bottom one hundred. So you can you can bring Meet <laughs> Joe English Black system. with you and, yeah, and watch true. that scene over and over again. Yeah, like, like There um, you go.
1: Here comes another t- here comes another the two fifty trope dissing on Meet Joe Black. <laughs> to Darren's <laughs> chagrin. It, it's,
2: it's also another Anthony Hopkins um uh, brad, pitt brad pitt movie, movie.
0: sadly um, not bart the bear true. they couldn't fit brad, brad no bart the bear his agent couldn't his <laughs> air agent couldn't muscle him in
2: and,
1: and another uh, another uh dying father story
0: yes actually me. um so oh, yeah i i think i think the key question is would the father be better if bart the bear played mark gattis's role like, Anthony Hopkins just wanders into the sitting Drew room. Rufus
1: Sewell, surely. Because Rufus Sewell always has Fair to be point. a master, um,
0: Or he's in the like,
3: park like, at the end or something.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Maybe Ian McShane
2: replaces Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I,
0: I feel like kind where, of... Where uh, is this going? <laughs> where is this going? <laughs> Thank you. Tell me. All right. Um, for my own personal 250, I, I don't think so. I really, really like the movie. I think it's really, really good. Um, and I have a huge fondness. I think we talked about this when we talked about on Sonata. I've got a huge fondness for these kind of stagey movies. And I find it fascinating that this year has seen something of a resurgence in like the stagey awards base because you have like One Night in Miami, for example. You have The Boys in the Band on Netflix, for example. You have More Rainey's Black Bottom, which didn't get any nominations outside of like the acting categories, but did really, really well there. Um, so you have these kind of like you have this kind of comeback of the kind of Oscar fair that I like. Like I really like Doubt, for example. I'm a big fan of Doubt uh, mm. from 2008. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like this movie. I'm primed to like this movie. I don't think it's in my personal 250, but I don't think that's a major problem with it. And so finally, before we jump into the Spore Zone, if listeners have not seen The Father and they are able to see The Father by, say, traveling to America or waiting to listen to this podcast until June 11th, would you recommend that they pause the podcast and watch The Father, Stacey?
3: If they have means of doing so. Yeah, I I would recommend this movie... Especially as we were saying earlier, in the context of the other Best Picture nominees, I think this one would probably have a pretty broad appeal. Uh, it's not necessarily the best time you'll have. You know, it's not as as pleasant or as hopeful a movie as something like Minari. Uh, but in terms of, as I said earlier, it's craft, it's I mean, production Minari... design, it's editing.
0: Minari it, it, also it, it, has it was... a similar plotline involving a similar character who arguably does something even worse.
3: That is true. Um, Possibly. But there, I, I feel, you know, without spoilers for Minari, it ends on a note of optimism. Whereas yeah, I'm not sorry. sure this film necessarily does. But uh, I, yeah, I I would say... Hmm?
2: <laughs> I, 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 in the spoiler zone, I'll probably take the um, the kind of argument for the defence, if you could call okay, it yeah. that. Okay, yeah. Kind of, uh, of, <laughs> of, 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 of the optimism of the movie. And I think it's a very kind of timely optimism as well.
3: Okay, um, Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> but watch yourself, counselor.
3: <laughs> I would definitely just forewarn anybody who wanted to watch this. Uh it's sad, but it is beautifully made. That yeah, that would be my recommendation with it. Yeah.
0: And Phil, would you recommend it for this Yes. Um
3: yes. I, I,
1: I really didn't want to say just go watch now. Um <laughs> prefer- preferably legally. Uh and um, listeners can't see Stacey any of our said. guests winking um, and shrugging Everything and scoffing.
0: Everything legal on Movie Island. <laughs> um,
1: if Andrew winks anymore, he's going to sprain an
0: eyelid. Um, Bart, Bart the Bear is the enforcer on Movie Island. Sorry, <laughs> Phil.
2: That's where they crash. It's actually a boat. Like, <laughs> um, it's in technically a
0: peninsula. Up. Yeah, it's technically yeah, a peninsula.
1: Um, yeah. But as Stacey said, it comes with a health warning. Bring hankies. <laughs> Don't bring your dad. Uh, or do, and um, just be prepared to hug him and never let them go. Um, yes. Maybe take him yes, for a yes, walk yes, in yes, the park yes. afterwards. I'll stop it. Just, don't, okay. Sorry, don't even. Sorry. sorry. I, I, I am liable to go off here. Uh, just, just to warn you all, because I'm not joking. This, this got me. Ah, that's
2: that's good.
0: Um, no, and,
2: and not, I, not if I start crying. down
0: it! No, mic. it is
1: no, good. It, it's like, this, it this, no is great. Is
2: like for 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 our podcast, like they, 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 this would be like people will cho- be tuning in specifically to like. Sorry, I shouldn't. I shouldn't
0: uh,
2: <laughs> say, it, say it.
0: Okay, I was more saying it's good to have an emotional reaction to yeah. a movie. It's and actually that's a ploy a
1: good I'm hoping for some kind of nomination for best guess at whatever <laughs> kind of. We're we're going to ask
2: a lot of provocative questions (laughs) after the Spoiler Zone Uh, (laughs) film. Sorry.
0: Uh, Yeah, we're turning into the Promising Young Woman podcast, the podcast that everybody's talking about. Um, Anyway, all right. And then, Andrew, what about yourself? Would you recommend that listeners, if they have the option to, watch The Father?
2: I would. I I would recommend that people watch this as part of an Olivia Colman season. I think um like we haven't mentioned her yet. Um and I, I guess like we're gonna probably talk about her um a fair amount. Um like you know, what watch watch this, watch the night manager, watch um The favourite presumably? The favourite um, Yeah, yeah. Why watch 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 Peep Show. Like there there's <laughs> there but but only the episodes she's in. <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs>
3: Poor Olivia Coleman, she's like the Dorian Gray painting in Peep Show. You know, it's all of their ills just manifest in Sophie. So by the end of the show, she's this very pathetic, ruined person.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this says a lot about those two, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God,
2: like, <clears throat> they had, like, Webb and Mitchell had a. a, a, a a very kind of a fruitful relationship. We got to the point like in those creative relationships. I don't mind saying this because I, like other people kind of will, will will disagree with me. I love Mitchell and Webb. I don't like Mitchell or Webb. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fair. And, and they, they, it's kind of like, can you imagine if Darren and I stopped making things together? Like how I think Darren <laughs> Darren would define, doing doing goofy <laughs> things off his own D- Darren, <laughs> Darren would probably be be doing like a a the like the back page of of of, of the Guardian doing doing like the no no I mean like what David Mitchell is doing or some equivalent of that.
4: Oh, okay, oh I wouldn't wish that like
2: a no but, but like, like like I think you would be good as a kind of a left wing version of Jeremy Clarkson. Um, where you gi- <laughs> where you where you give out about like pointy shoes and um, and things.
0: <laughs> that, 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 I, ex- like, except,
2: except it would be more intelligent. Uh, um, I was flicking through TV last
1: week and I came across a rerun of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire being presented by Jeremy Clarkson. I didn't get this. It's not dismembert. a rerun. They're live. Yeah, they're live.
0: Now. Like they're doing it. They're... He does that now. It's not a rerun, Phil. You didn't um, miss it. It's well, it's current.
1: Well, um, I've heard of casting decisions.
3: Yeah. One of the new lifelines as well, Phil, is that you can ask Jeremy Clarkson if he knows the answer to the question. And more than once, a contestant has used that and he's gotten it wrong. And they've lost their money.
1: (laughs) Okay. Why? Like, it was being presented by, like, one of the eggheads or one of the chasers. (laughs) Sure. But, oh, yeah. You can ask
2: the chaser as
0: well. <laughs> if if they're I your friend. friend. If you can find them as your friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And and then finally for myself, yes, I would absolutely recommend it. It is available in the US and and you can pay for it in the US and if you have access to the US, you can watch it in the US without feeling any real guilt or or kind of whatever about it. Hypothetically, if there are a way to do in that, you know what? I don't know what it will be in the U.S. that you would get over there. Like it, maybe if it was a private network or a virtual—I pri- don't know—something like that. I need some sort of crazy concept, but you could use that and you could watch it over there and you could pay for it and you wouldn't feel bad about it. But anyway, yeah, all right. Yeah, and, and
2: Chinese authorities um, like are al- already probably listening to you, listening yeah. to us. So. Um,
0: and I mean, they want have nothing the to lose, too. really. Yeah. <laughs> they, what, being honest, you're really helping them. I mean, like your Chinese government-sponsored kind of like observer. Gets to watch a good movie as well. Everybody wins.
3: Yeah, they want to know what people are watching.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you, so you might as well watch something good. You know, you want to know what Big Brother is watching. You want to rec- You want Big Brother to come to you for recommendations, is what I'm saying. It's like
2: the lives of others, where where they get to really like the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: finding this. I'm, I'm finding this thread nice immensely dispiriting. This is all right. Like
0: <laughs> with that in mind, then we're going to segue neatly. Into the spoiler zone
2: Where, in, On the other side of the spoiler zone We'll be giving out the phone number of the beast From uh, the <laughs> chaser
1: <laughs> I like the governess, she's full
0: So, Phil, what is the father about for you? Oh, for
1: heaven's sake. Um, this is the one time I really hate you asking me this question, because, I, I mean, as I love the father, but I don't think it's necessarily any kind of
0: hidden meaning to it. It's, um... Okay, Phil, uh, when it, did you it's... cry watching the father? When did the, when did the father speak all the way, to all you?
1: All the way goddamn through it. It's, um... <laughs> Like, um, if we're asking the question about why the father is on the 250, um, even leaving aside the Oscars, the, uh, the other Oscar nominees, like it is immensely relatable to a lot of people. Like, you know, we were saying when we talked about Autumn Sonata, about how Dr that could cause a lot of people to have questions about the relationships with their own mothers or their own daughters. Um, The Father is uh, something similar because it will get people thinking a lot about their own issues with their fathers. But besides that, which is kind of a relatively surface-level interpretation, um, why I think I love The Father so much, to come back to what Andrew was saying about Amour, which is a very, very fine film, and I say that as a Hanukkah fan. But I remember when it came out, I felt... Would you
0: say that you loved the father Amor?
1: Yes, I would, actually. <laughs> um, but I remember not being quite as uh, clinging to the Amor bandwagon as others might have been. And I couldn't quite put my finger on why. Um, even though I... Because it's a
2: bandwagon? Yeah. <laughs> Because you decided it was a bandwagon.
1: <laughs> I am capable of jumping on bandwagons. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I like what I like, and I don't like what I don't like. And I do like Amor. Andrew, you little.
0: <laughs> but... Ain't he a stinker? Oh.
1: God damn it. I was going to say something there. Um, sorry, yes, Amor. Amor. So I like that film very much, but I felt like, um, I mean, I knew where it was going. It didn't necessarily offer any surprise. Yes, it's tragic about uh, having to deal with this illness, but it was told from the point of view of the person who had to care for the person suffering from the illness. What the father does, which I don't think I've ever seen as effectively or remarkably portrayed, is how it might feel to suffer from dementia. So what the father does, it puts you in Anthony's and that is the character's name. They changed it for Anthony Hopkins. It puts you in. It was
0: Andre in the stage play, yeah. Um, and they changed it as a way of enticing Anthony. They also use his birthday, the birthday that he, December thirty first, nineteen thirty seven. That's correct. It's his own birthday as well. But um, it all and... fits
1: because he is of that age. He's eighty two now, and um, that's actually one uh, a clever thing. I'll come back to in a moment. But I'm kind of worried um, now.
2: What about? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, about Anthony Hopkins like, <laughs> but,
1: that, but that was the point I was going to make, is because Anthony Hopkins, it plays with audiences' familiarity and fondness for him Like, we're already we grow worried about is, these actors that we like is,
2: is it that we're worried that it's Anthony Hopkins and not Anthony the character who is uh, suffering from dementia? You're kind of put in that position, like you don't want to watch
1: these people grow old. You don't want to watch... Sorry, okay. Andrew, go ahead. Or well, Darren. To pick right? a, who are you? To pick... yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you across there, Andrew. Um, but the, the point is that, yeah, so like Deborah Winger, who worked with Hopkins on Shadowlands, has noted that things like the fact that Anthony is constantly wearing cardigans is a very Anthony Hopkins thing. The way in which he's dressed is very much in the style of Anthony Hopkins kind of showing up on set. Um, so. no it's
2: yeah. <laughs> but it's, with the it's, white it's... shoes. And...
0: Yeah, and the tap dancing. Anthony Hopkins always wanted to be a tap dancer, but was secretly an engineer. But no, like, it, it is very much consciously designed to play with that. And I think Stacy mentioned it earlier the idea of, like, Hopkins, as we're used to seeing him as Hannibal Lecter or as the character who always knows and is always in control. So somehow it's more affecting watching that slip away from him. Mm. Uh, perhaps. Uh, Sorry, Phil.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I. <sighs> I, and again, this would sound like I'm trying to jump off any kind of bandwagon here, but I always wonder to what extent maybe Anthony Hopkins himself might have felt kind of hamstrung by Hannibal Lecter. Because for a lot of people, that's the role he's best known for. And that is despite the fact that he has such a strong body of work and he is always such a charismatic and watchable presence on screen. No matter how subtle or no matter how much he decides to ham it up, no matter what he does, uh, I'd always gladly watch him even though you know like any actor he can be in crap as well but this is one of the few roles uh that i think transcends that kind of looming shadow of Lecter. um there aren't very many um this maybe remains of the day shadowlands maybe i rewatched it actually just after watching the father um Still, a fine little film. Not particularly, not not remarkable, but um, he's excellent in it. Alongside uh, as is Deborah Winger. But um,
0: listeners won't know. But two members of the podcast team just glared at the camera as Phil said that. So we'll come back to that in the recommendations. <laughs> Was one of them me? One of them seemed to be. Uh, sorry, maybe I misread your glare. Um.
1: Andrew always glares. Uh, he's yeah, got it's it, the sun in my eyes. It's the steely intensity. Sorry, I uh, this is to my mind, one of his finest performances, it might even be his best. And in interviews for the father, he's actually said that he believes as much himself. Um, and he said that there aren't very many scripts that come along where you think, yeah, this is one, This is this could be something very special. And I agree with him in that. I think this is very special. And I think his performance is so strong. And at least a part of that is because it's giving him something that isn't his usual within his usual wheelhouse he's a character who's losing control he's not somebody who knows everything you know um you watch the father you never find yourself thinking oh it's the guy who's Hannibal Lecter no you're watching you're watching a man who's slowly losing his mind to this affliction and to a
0: well I think you do for one scene I think there's one scene that's very consciously designed to play off that idea of him as kind of a manipulator and him in a position of power and authority and I think that that works because then you see it slipping away elsewhere. Well, I think where he's interviewing the nurse. Yes, and-
1: I, I suppose so. But it so that's the scene actually happens early on. So it's him and yeah. his daughter uh, interviewing the new nurse. The new nurse being played by Imogen Poots. Um, incidentally, this film is stuffed with people I really like, which also is a, a, a
2: brand point. Black Christmas is Imogen Poots. We really yep. liked um, Black Christmas. Um, we, yes. we 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 were kind of like this is on the bottom. This is, this wouldn't be on the 250, but it's not on the bottom 100 for reasons that have anything to do with the movie. With mm-hmm. yes. Kind of. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but coming back to that, coming back to that scene, yeah, it's the one scene where he does seem approachable and charming and absolutely in his own, in control of his own his own way and like you feel like he's at home he's comfortable he's he doesn't mind that he's in his bathrobe and pajamas he's and he turns on the charm and it is likable but
0: and he turns on the charm and then he turns it on like he points it like a weapon he uses it as a oh yeah then he he turns yeah
1: yeah, he he then it switches and yeah
0: both coleman and and Poots
1: Yeah. yeah um but that actually kind of sums up the father in a nutshell it starts off as one thing something recognisable and approachable and when I started watching it I thought this is going to be something stagey and well acted sure but this could potentially be very dry and it might offer some food for thought but maybe not much more than that maybe not the emotional engagement and then as it went on I found what the film did And I mean this in the best possible way. What it did is weaponized our awareness of Hopkins and his career, our awareness of what can happen with the experience of age, whether we've seen it in people we know in our own lives, people we love and care about, or just a a general idea of breakdowns in mental health as we've seen it as people get on, you know, popular media portrayals of something like Alzheimer's or dementia. But when when those factors come into play, then that's when Zeller, as co-writer and director, starts playing with the presentation of the thing and starts to actually put us in the shoes of the afflicted. And the more it goes on, and the father isn't a particularly long film, it's just 97 minutes. But over that 97 minutes, there's just so many things that happen, little things that alter our perception of what's going on, which is exactly what happens to Anthony. And with every change and change back and all this that happens, we get as disoriented as he does and as frustrated. And I really don't remember the last time I had a film just put me... In a character' shoes like that and it broke my heart not to put to find a point on.
2: Oh no, no, I was just going to say the, the, the idea of like not, 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 not to minimize it in any way, but the idea of dementia is relatable in the sense of our minds, for example, in, um, in dreams um, kind of working work, work, work confusing ways or even 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 if we're kind of half waking and the idea of our consciousness kind of um of reality slipping away um like that is i think something that we can grasp because we have like for, as as in for anybody even who doesn't have first hand experience of um, either losing um uh either suffering from dementia themselves or who who doesn't have experience and 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 i i'm i'm guessing there are very few people um certainly of a certain age won't um sorry that they you know what i you know what i'm trying to say most people will have some awareness of it or some experience of it um but even 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 for people who find it difficult to relate to others they they it's it's something that's very relatable kind of in and of themselves and 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 not only that but it's the relationship with a father is really powerful as well that they they they, they, because even even if even if a little daddy is like the most wonderful thoughtful person like in your life anything that they say that you misinterpret can cut to the quick you know you know what i mean like like especially as a child and to an extent you're always a child, you know. To to well, compared to, to this to, person, compared ex- to this exactly, person. yeah. But to 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 your mother or to your father, and to a certain extent, maybe to your siblings, you there there's an extent to which you are that person you were for them and are for them, and and it's very difficult to take something that's um, that say your 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 father would say um, as in the same kind of genre. Um, as as what anyone else might say, so because number one it can hurt you much more than another per- uh, what another person might say even even as I say if it's completely harmless like it could be something as simple as a an affection nickname that you don't like you know and and it, like I know myself as a child been brought to tears by like the the you know the playful nicknames that 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 would that would that, 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 that were lovely. And that 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 were kind of like you know based in, in... affectionate affection
0: yeah they, exactly. they annoyed you
1: in some way
2: exactly yeah mm. yeah and it was like nobody could um... yeah 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 but but the, the, that that's kind of just an example but it's not only not only can 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 they hurt you maybe on a... not unaccountably because there is very good reasons for it. But also that you can't. Um, if somebody else were to were to upset you like that, you would just never speak to them again. Um,
1: There's the 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 father is studded with little moments like that. There's a great yeah. one early on where uh, Anne walks in and to talk to him. It's the first scene, and uh, she tells Anthony, um, "I have to be honest with you. I'm moving to Paris. Paris? Why? I've met somebody. You." and it's like right yeah and it's it's more out of surprise but the way he says it it does feel quite insulting like Pat, you met somebody um well, i mean
0: the film isn't exactly something like you later on you get the sequence where it's like oh i always preferred lucy as well oh like, yeah. Lucy, yeah she was always why, my favorite why, yeah. yeah why why can't we talk about lucy why isn't lucy calling um and all that sort <coughs> yeah. of stuff as well yeah but that's
2: normal parent stuff like every every child knows who, who uh, like uh, whether their other sibling is their favorite right
1: Right? Well, I know I'm the favourite, but that's only because I'm an only <laughs> child. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was always either me or the dog. Must
2: be nice, Phil. <laughs>
1: trying, yeah. trying my best.
0: It's a real problem, yeah, when your parents are more concerned about the dog. That's the problem.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, you know, sorry, I, I feel like I cut across somebody there. Stacey.
3: Yeah, no, I was just going to say that was something that I actually found very interesting about Anthony's character is that I didn't like him. <laughs> I, I did not find him to be a likable person <laughs> in any shape right. or form, even when you don't get the sense that his mental confusion is maybe making him difficult or irritable or that his his frustration is misplaced because he is confused. I just don't like him. I found his sort of his show of charm very just f- just flamboyant and kind of over the top in a way that like would have really irritated me if I'd had to deal with him. Uh, and I yeah. found his relationship with Anne, that he's he's so cruel to and about her, like to her face, you know. He'll he'll say things like Lucy was always my favorite. Uh, he he compares her kind of unfavorably to her mother. And the film doesn't go into any great depth about what his relationship was like with his with his wife or with Anne's mother, but there there, there just is this very. Like this great obstinacy and difficulty that he has in in dealing with Anne, who has, you know, as far as we can tell, kind of selfishly surrendered her life for a really long time to look after him. And I, I just, yeah, that annoyed me a lot
0: even in like the small hints you get of the relationship with Anne's mother there's a sense that yes he liked Anne's mother slightly more than Anne but he probably didn't seem to like her that much where he's like Anne is the most sober woman I ever knew apart from her mother of course so neither of them were great fun or that sequence that he had the conversation he has with Bill and he's like oh don't worry women all leave you in the end trust me I know and it's like wow okay we're we're unpacking this Mm. but again yeah, i think it makes the character more real and it makes it more interesting in large part because it doesn't portray him as sainted yeah like you know it doesn't portray him as like some evangelical figure figure who is perfect and, and kind of you know that the idea that he does have these rough edges i think makes it an interesting thing to watch i think yeah he has his ways
2: <laughs> he does have his <laughs> ways
1: <laughs> i would suggest that um well firstly that you know the the kind of the venom that comes from him, whether directed at Anne or the people who are trying to care for him. Um, I could get the frustration, like, because, again, what the script and Zeller as director does, using particularly the production design, is building up that frustration. Like, we, when we don't get, now, we, we don't quite understand what's going on. Now, okay, granted, because of the way the, the thing is structured, were were given leeway to presume what was going on in these people's lives, even before the onset of the illness. So there may be some unresolved issues. Um, But the fact that he does get so frustrated at times and can be angry and lash out. Um, I can see that being born out of a out of the frustration of the situation, and I would say that there's, if you're to ask anybody who has cared for people in that position, they will acknowledge that that can happen. If they don't understand what's going on, they get angry, they get frustrated, and they will lash out. And the only people you have to lash out at are those in close proximity. And if no matter whether that's someone in a facility who's caring for you, or your own family. Yeah, and, and I said up. that.
3: Yeah, and I, I think that's fair enough. But I think also when you see him in relatively lucid moments, he's still quite unpleasant.
4: <laughs> well, yeah. was well, that's
3: was true, my too. sense of him. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah and, I think and, both. I, I don't are. think that. I don't think that takes away from the power of him. Uh, like, like, I, I feel like even the audience are not sure how they would feel about Anthony Hopkins. I'm sure he's a lovely person. But the kind of his his film, um, persona is is not built around, like while 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 he might wear a lot of kind of um, uh, he'd be a lovely
0: dinner guest, but you probably want wouldn't want to live with him. He the general, is the like, devil and of...
2: Joseph Ratzinger, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he also plays some good characters too. Um, <laughs> um sorry, uh, I d- I don't mean that Joseph Ratzinger. I know he's a fan. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> what what I will say actually like one of the things to, to talk briefly like about Hopkins bringing back apparently he modeled the performance on his own father his father did not suffer from dementia but he did have a fatal uh, diagnosis of a heart illness and he recalled like a lot of the confusion and the anger and that's kind of what he channeled there and that's kind of how he approached the character and also worth noting just because I love this anecdote um, Hopkins won best actor at the BAFTAs for this beating the favorite Chadwick Boseman it was just slightly awkward because Hopkins hadn't shown up because he assumed he wasn't going to win which I kind of adore. Um, it beat
2: Riz Ahmed it, too. Like yeah. the, 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 I, I've 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 heard that, that 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 was kind of a lot of people's um, disappointment.
1: Uh, well, that's uh, that's the thing about the that particular gong. They they tend yeah. to they, they There's usually a slight bias homegrown. towards British actors, homegrown. There, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like so, for example, Colin Firth uh, beat Jeff Bridges. Jeffrey Rush beat um, Jeff. Well, sorry, Christian Bale and Dev Patel Bet Marshall Lee, for example that sort of stuff um but yeah anyway sorry to bring it back to kind of the the kind of the disorient aspect of the film because the production design is outstanding here and and like obviously this began as a stage play it's all set largely within a single shared apartment and one of the things the stage show does is that like it will repeatedly after short interactions it will cut to black and then the screen will come the stage will come back up and the main actor, you know, Frank Langella or whoever, will be standing there, uh, but the actors will have changed. And as the st- as the play goes on, the set gets gradually less populated. So they'll move tables or they'll move vases. Was and this Langella? The- Langella starred in the, st- in the stage play. Yeah, he's he one was, of he's he one left- of a
1: number of actors who've played like, like Alfred stage. Molina
0: has done it as well, for example. Um, I'd like, like to
2: see the the um,
0: I've Langella had, version.
2: Had... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he'd be very good.
0: Um, but yeah, so basically they, well, Robot and Frank. It's basically Robot and Frank, right? I mean, uh, anyway, so right. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. that's a tangent yeah. upon which, a tangent. Which,
2: which I, which I think, I don't know. I'd have to watch um, one of those movies again or both. But <laughs> I might, I might prefer it in, in 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 this genre. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh...
0: I like the idea that, like, we're just swapping, like, like the movie itself. We're just swapping the furniture around Hopkins. It's like, well, what if Mark Gattis was Bart the Bear? Mm. What if Rufus Sewell was a robot that helped him do robberies? <laughs> um, I, would would these make a better movie? <laughs> um, but what
1: if Olivia but, Williams was Clarice Starling? <laughs> actually, I'd watch but, that. I'd watch that. But
0: but yeah, so like you, you she'd have, be like, quite at... good,
2: um, Clarice Starling. Actually, yeah. Well, I, she, I love... she. I think she can play both the kind of vulnerability and the strength like that we see in... in she in, can be in both song Anne song. and not Anne.
0: Um, aren't we all Anne and not Anne? But one of the things, that, like, again, and, and it's worth noting, I really love that detail of swapping Olivia Coleman with Olivia Williams. <clears> so <throat> if you're not overly familiar with, like, actors named Olivia, it makes it very hard to talk about the movie. It's like, yeah, when Olivia showed up. You know, Olivia. No, not that, that one, the other one. The other one. Um, but the production design on the film one of the things that they do, which is You is... should should have
2: swapped like Mark Gaddis with Mark Strong. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, think he would, so well.
2: I think he would. have been very good in in the Rufus in Sewell. the Rufus Sewell role.
1: Is right? Rufus yeah, Sewell yeah. just
0: not discount Mark Strong? Fair point. Mark, he's more like Mark Week. That's a. Fair. Hey, hey, no, you know what? I like Rufus Sewell, uh,
2: but like on stage on screen, I don't know if he's good in this though.
0: Uh, um, yeah, the role is a
1: bit one note. It's
0: um, yeah. yeah. It's a thankless role. It's 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 it's, like he's a he's a secondary character to a secondary character. His Mm. job is basically to be the bastard. Um, There's no nuance there whatsoever. Yeah,
1: that's always what I felt is a problem for Rufus Sewell. He
0: always ends up in
1: those roles. Why
0: is that? Discount Ed Norton like that. Like he's he's the guy you cast in the Ed Norton. He's the guy you cast in the Ed Norton movie to make Ed Norton that
2: he's less expensive.
0: No, he's the guy Art. you cast in the Ed Norton movie to make Ed Norton seem like a viable romantic lead. <laughs> like, that, that's Rufus Sewell's role. It's like at least she didn't end up with Rufus Sewell. She ended up with Ed Norton. It's a happy ending, right? I'm talking what about the What rom com has brain. Edward Norton been in? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: oh he he great! Keep, Which is about yeah. right, Oh, actually. he did, yeah. Keeping the faith. <laughs> yeah.
2: Rufus it's Sewell fair. is very, um, like, pleasing on the eye. And I I don't know if if we could. It's more an like, energy. Ed, it's it's more energy. certainly like he's not a he's not a bad looking person, but I I I don't know if he's quite as handsome as Rufus Sewell. I don't think Edward Norton would disagree
1: with
3: that yeah. strong <laughs> Yeah, no, but, I know. It's more an
0: yeah. energy. It's more it a vibe. Bring the, really. uh, even
1: um, the one film where I think of
3: a, he has villain energy. Even the
1: one film where he plays the dramatic lead, which is uh, that I can think of anyway, is Dark City. Even in that, he's got that menacing edge to him, which is.
0: Well, like, the entire premise of Dark City is maybe this guy's murdering women and we're not going to tell you. And you're like... Yeah, but I, yeah. Think, I
1: feel like he doesn't... Like, like, ambiguity is not quite his thing. It's like, he has a register <laughs> and it's more this way
0: yeah. than that. Yeah, like, if you cast Matt Damon, you're like, there's no way he killed those women. You cast Rufus Sewell, you're like, maybe this is yeah, about a movie about exactly. a guy who kills women. Yeah. Um, Sorry.
1: This is not that movie, by the way. Just just to be clear, we're just saying that it's... Yeah, it, the role is not is not that broad. He's an actor, or not that, that uh, nuanced, rather,
2: which is kind of like a, a, aside from other that, that's other, good. Other things he's in is kind of one. Of,
1: yeah, but yeah, but but then again, Danny Dyer was a was a favorite of Harold Pinter. So what does that tell you?
2: Would would that I I I feel like Danny Dyer is maybe better in movies than he is in documentaries.
0: <laughs> my name's danny dyer and today we're talking about britain's most serious uh, dementia patients um all right britain's hardest mental patients hard dementia patients. he, he could have played yeah. the yeah. asshole actually dementia a...
2: patients are proper naughty um... yeah.
0: boom boom what are you boom. gonna do about it what are you gonna do about it huh um sorry that's that. very intense <laughs> It's a I very different scene. I never thought it. I, I
1: never thought I'd get to see Darren's Danny Dyer impression. It's, now I have. It's a very slap.
0: different scene if Danny Dyer slaps. Um, to be fair, uh, if Danny Dyer literally slaps Anthony Hopkins, mm. you slag. Fair. Yes, mm. you slag. Come um, all right. But what I was going to say, um, unless we want to talk more about Rufus Sewell, um, which seems to me
3: like no, I think <laughs> I think we've
1: got that base covered. Right? Like the, his character is the least developed. In the uh, but somebody yeah. has. I feel um,
2: like he's a bit too clever for this. Movie. kind of job. Which is which? Which is which is a kind of a criticism of the movie, but also of Sewell. Um, that that that's um, I like. Do you ever feel watching something that somebody feels like they're above the material? Um,
1: <laughs> I he probably felt like that, but then he remembered he's in the same room as Anthony Hopkins. Like, nah, we'll we'll
2: we'll. Call yeah, him. yeah, maybe, yeah.
0: Like, you, you know you're in a problem where the mo- more sympathetic version of your character is played by Mark Gattis. Yeah. Like, where Mark, where Mark Gattis <laughs> Actually, seems, like, charming you know by comparison. Yeah. I have a theory.
3: What's I have a theory.
2: theory. I theory? don't think it was Rufus Sewell's character who slapped Anthony. Anthony
3: you think it's the healthcare worker? I think worker. it's the mm-hmm.
2: healthcare worker. I feel like that's kind of suggested. At the end, yeah.
3: Um, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's a yeah. possibility. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Particularly so the way that he's
0: presented.
2: Yeah, yeah. And also,
0: which, which only makes the ending even harder to also,
2: take. Also, I don't think Ruf- Rufus Sewell, as much as he dislikes um, Anthony, I don't think he's going to make that gamble. <laughs> um, like, of, <laughs> of, of hitting although... his. Although. Where, Whereas, um, like, we, we've seen in very, like, kind of, um, in, like, lots of kind of horrible examples where, where um, I guess the most famous one would be Jimmy Savile. Of of um, how
0: people who oh in care are exploited and, and victims, yeah, yeah yeah exactly um,
2: by well, I mean by, you don't even have to go to that extreme
0: some... no you don't even you don't even have to go to that extreme like the the whole elder care scandal and abuse scandal like there are documented cases of it not on the Jimmy Savile level you know no no yeah. no, no no but yeah,
2: but, yeah. but but that that, that that that's kind of but it's
1: a thing yeah yeah, yeah. um there, well I mean there another clever thing about the father is that there are little hints that are dropped that could suggest either or. So in that scene where, which is one of the scenes that did make me well up where Anthony Hopkins is being slapped just even gently, just across the face. But who is actually doing it? Is it Mark? Is it Mark Gatiss? In which case he's being abused in his elder care home or is it Rufus Sewell?
0: Or did it happen at all?
1: Um, Or did it happen at all? Um, now, there, there's suggestions that uh, it could be Rufus Sewell's character, not least the fact that by the end of the film, apparently Anne has left him and it has gone to Paris.
0: I mean, based Paris on what we see, see of Rufus Sewell's character, I don't think slapping her father-in-law, like, is the problem. I, like, it is a problem if it's happening, but I don't... It's, well, I, it's prob- It might be the straw I, of the I don't feel like you to need... leave
2: Rufus Sewell, though.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel like you need that. I think we found Andrew's man crush. <laughs> but like, sorry, like, it's not like it's not as if like up until that I moment wish... <laughs> he's the perfect husband. It's like, apart from no. that one time,
3: <laughs> he was
0: otherwise I I perfectly could... supportive and very considerate and very patient and very loving and not at all like bullying of my father-in-law. I wish my I father. could
2: quit you, Rufus. <laughs> uh, sorry. All right.
0: Andrew's fondness of Mr. Sewell is through the Rufus. Hey,
1: that is the worst pun ever I have heard of this pun. I don't I'm know, very proud Phil, of Have
2: you listened to all our episodes? <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: uh, <laughs> well. All right, was...
0: Talk very quickly about <laughs> the, anyway. the production design because the production design is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, the work done, I think we mentioned it by Francis Patrick or Patrick Francis, um, where he basically... Over the course of the movie, the apartment changes. And like apparently the job interview for doing the production design for this movie was Zeller had drawn a picture of the apartment on the back of a napkin based on the script. And he was meeting people. He was saying, well, show me.
1: like He had in his mind mind what it was going to look
0: like. And it's like, so show me what you think the apartment is laid out on. And apparently when Francis came in, he showed him and it was like, it's pretty much perfect. This is exactly what I want. I think the bedroom was off in a different corner, but that was about it. And one of the things the movie does, which is is very clever, is over the course of the movie, the apartment changes and shifts. And, you know, again, symbolism. uh, We're not exactly subtle in it. And I, I don't mind it as much as the watch stuff. You know, the watch stuff is a little heavy for me. But things like you begin in this kind of like... Brownie gray kind of like seventies apartment, which is very much like an apartment where an old man would live. You have the armchair that he sits in, and it's very old fashioned. It's kind of and like I love the story that like they got three different armchairs for Hopkins. There's literally just a day where Hopkins sat in armchairs, and he was like, "This, this is the one that I'm using for this role," um, which I kind of adore. But Darren, it they,
2: sounds like you don't like the apartment, the obscenely gorgeous apartment. No, like, <laughs> it is gorgeous. No, 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 no
0: it is like and and an, like friends style like opulence. it's basically a mansion to be fair but like the
2: well friends. these people are clearly oh wealthy. sorry fr- 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 like fr- fr- friend, friends like friends um... like the tv show
0: that like yeah we're... i
2: feel like i feel like fr- friends makes um less sense maybe or, you yeah
0: how, how do they ever afford those
2: apartments? <laughs> well i i it was guess, the 90s like,
0: it was the 90s phil everybody could afford everything presumably
2: back then. the gellers were um like uh, trust fund kids right or, or or something that that they had like that they Well cuz Rachel was their best of...
0: friend presumably and Rachel was also a trust fund kid until she wasn't right
2: yeah 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 maybe she got disinherited because of the um the um like running out on the this has become a friends
0: <laughs> podcast. podcast. We're pivoting back around, yeah. but anyway, what I will no, no, to talk about the production design. Like it begins with this kind of like this apartment, which is very much like an old man's apartment. It's very orange. It's it's very beige. It's got this kind of okra. Again, the idea that he bought it in the seventies and he hasn't he's maintained it relatively well, but he hasn't updated it. And then gradually over the but, yeah. course of the film, you start seeing blue. Blue starts, met- And it's really, really well done. So, like things like when, you know, she- when Anne is in the kitchen, you'll see that the tiles have suddenly randomly... There's a blue one there. There's a blue one there. All of a sudden, the teacoth is blue. Then the placemat is blue. Then the cushion on the chair is blue. And then within a couple of scenes, the entire apartment is blue as well. And again, I kind of... Again, symbolism and stuff as well. Dab-a-dee. The idea that... Dab-a-da. What? Yeah. But yeah. the idea oh. that you're moving... <laughs> You're moving from autumn, the autumnal kind of brown colours of his life, into the cold, wintry blues and whites. Because, like, by the end of the movie, he's in the care home and the room is just practically white and undecorated and barren. And it's something that I actually really love about the film's visual storytelling, because I think both Phil and Stacey singled out, it is a stage play, but it's a very cinematic adaptation of a stage play. And it's a good use of of the medium, I would argue. I think that stuff's really fantastic.
1: It doesn't give up the uh, the theatrical flourishes. So the little changes, like going from scene to scene, and you see a change in furniture or in little little amendments to the color palette, like that. Those are things that conceivably could happen on stage yeah. between scenes. Presumably,
2: as well, you can just affect it by having different filters on your lamp. <laughs>
0: Well, no, no, like, they are actually just objects in the scene, so they're cushions on an orange chair, and it's, like, plastic, the, the lunch that she brings comes in plastic boxes, so it's like she's, it's like it's colonizing. Again, It it's that metaphor of the condition getting worse. It's like, okay, it's here now, and it's kind of planted, and then the next time you cut back to the table, there's, like, blue books on the table for example and things like that and and then you cut back and the, the chairs are suddenly like blue and modern and stuff. It's really really well done and like I mean it does draw attention to it it seems like the sequence where he, he looks for the painting and you have the outline of the painting on the wall which is much closer to I believe what the stage show did where the stage show would just like strip the set down
2: and where it's blue and where's throughout blue. yeah yes. which, which yes. is kind of like one of the strongest suggestions that not all is um as well i think i think you kind of get it um maybe earlier than you realize but that that, that's kind of one of the recurring things and then it's odd that like later in the movie it starts to 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 change but it it feels like kind of is this all the same day um
0: and which is great that's the editing the editing's fantastic Mm. And little things like he'll open the door and the door that used to open to the front will now open to a cupboard. Or even like little sequences where like Anne and where the nurse come in and like you'll see the hall outside and the hall outside the apartment looks like a hospital even before, before you you start realizing this. one. Like again, the production design is just, it's it's outstanding. It's a really, really, really well made film and a really great use of space actually, which is striking. Uh,
3: Yeah. No, I was Um, just going to say, I think it is designed so that we will notice it, the audience, before he notices it. Because there is a point late in the film where he notices those chairs, the sort of blue and yellow chairs that have suddenly appeared in the apartment and points them out. But even before that, as you say, we have, yeah, the cushions change, the cups change. As you say, you get little blue walls that weren't blue before and they stand out all the more. Because the contrast is between, kind of, as you said, what had been kind of brown and orange and has suddenly gone to blue. Like, it is literally the opposite end of the, the colour spectrum. So you, it, it really stands out when something does change to blue or when something that was not blue before is suddenly blue. It stands out, I think, to us as the audience. And as you say, there is kind of this nice metaphorical reading of it that he's moving from autumn to winter, the autumn of his life to the winter of his life. But even just from a visual perspective, going from orange to blue is the opposite on the color spectrum. So it's very noticeable. And it's very clever. It's very, very striking.
0: It, it doesn't beat you over the head with it either. I love no. the suggestion that he's living inside one of those col- one of those covers, one of those sort of posters. You know, those orange-blue contrast posters <laughs> like the Mad Max or the Surf's Up posters. I love the idea that his entire late life is one of those. Sorry, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Just panning
2: up. I, I think it... I think it's yeah. the interior of the kitchen that gives it away cuz I think somebody with taste could probably decorate their house the 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 no sorry that, that, that that's not I uh, Darren thinks I'm going after him I'm not I I um oh wait no you don't think I'm going after Now I think
0: now I think you're going after me going
2: after him. Yeah but 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 that that, that Wait, where is Phil? Could... Why
0: isn't Phil here? Phil was always the best co-host in this podcast. You know? <laughs> um, is... That somebody could decorate their house like
2: it is like in 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 that kind of retro manner, but the kitchens are the things that really date a house because be, because um, like you you yeah 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 sorry I mean it's a small point but but in 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 a movie where interiors are. Um, kind of so um for me anyway, um so much a part of the appeal of the uh the, 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 the visual aspect of the movie. Um it probably um bears uh, mentioning.
1: Well I, I think this all kind of builds or feeds into the idea of the apartment itself becoming a character. Like it's it's undergoing changes much like Amazon. Well, it's a psychogeography.
0: You know, like like mm. most movie locations, it's a reflection of a character's psychology. Or like a lot of movie locations, it's a way of literalizing his mind on screen. It's like a labyrinth that you get kind of lost in. Again, like like a le- like a slightly more subtle exa- like example of the house from the climax of The Relic or Relic. You know, this is like that, but not a horror movie kind of, but sort of a horror movie.
1: Well, I think it's for some people, they could see it as a horror movie. Like, if anybody has been, if anybody is in. Has been diagnosed with the onset of a disease like this. If they were then to watch this, um, I could I could imagine being very very scared indeed. I did, as much as much the production design is great, and one thing I love in the film is the the lighting. Um, it really does. It really does give a sense of not only the changes in terms of color schemes, but also just the sense that this is lived in, and there is there is also just enough hints of
0: world outside. Um, you even day. get an American Beauty shout out with the kid watching the plastic bag fall. Well, at
1: least the, at, <laughs> at least in this one, the kid isn't just watching it, and the kid is actually doing something practical. He's trying to play football. He, it's
2: from a distance. Okay, not the so most. Can't make up. out that it's Wes Ben mm. <laughs> it, it looks <laughs> yeah. like a child, but he's actually just very. He's far shrunk away. a bit, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: But but there's just enough of that. It like I like to imagine that that's that when Anthony sees that he's either imagining himself or something most likely himself doing something similar when he was a child uh, or one of the daughters maybe but there's just enough of that feeling of like an afternoon where the sunlight is streaming in to the flat you could imagine you could imagine being there and the heat fawning in of an afternoon or um, there's a there's a, a shot early on when Olivia Coleman is in the kitchen and she's holding a, a cup of tea, and she's in like a spotlight, uh, just surrounded by blue uh, outside it. But in the moment, it looks it looks theatrical, and then you realise that she's standing in the uh, she's standing in light that's coming in from another room. And It's like I could recognise that it's in a dark room and the. Light is coming in from another from the room next door. It it, it walks a very fine line between theatrical and familiar, uh, and again, just a for a for something that is based on a play for it to walk that line um, is quite astounding. And having watched it, I have to say I'm a bit disappointed that Zeller didn't get a nomination for the Oscars for best director um and i imagine that's because it, this is his first film as director and you know they don't want they don't want to build anybody up too much but um yeah, he's done I, an, a, an amazing job here of walking that fine I, I line. i think as well Also,
0: it's a it's arguably a performance driven. even time.
1: so like i mean we've we spent a good proportion of our time here discussing the look uh of the film and how it's shot and i uh, You wouldn't do that unless it played a very vital part in the storytelling.
2: I think as well with first-time directors, you kind of assume that it's not them. That it's the support kind of
0: um, uh, uh, crew. You hired a good cinematographer. Uh, You hired a good production designer. You hired a good editor. He has.
1: He has. But I'd like to think that a lot of that also comes from the script. Because this is something that is knowingly stagey. To an extent, but plays with that. But the only problem with that is Zeller also wrote the script, so he knows how it's supposed to look. He like he has this idea in his head. He's he and now that he's also the director, and he has the uh, he has the uh, everything at his disposal to make the film whatever he wants. The fact that it turns out like this, I don't know. It's best directors won those really really mysterious awards, and it's like, well, you know. Yeah, a film can turn out great, but in order for it to do that, you know, there has to be someone at the helm. In term
2: in terms of the performances, I guess as well. If you're directing performances and have gotten really great performances, there's the question of like who are you working with? Like was it, you know, was it, what it, it, it is um you know, do do we do we think that Harold Pinter is a great director because he like, again, has this, Danny this... Dyer <laughs> um, sorry
0: no. <laughs> well like, that that's the big thing about like auteur theory and the idea that like making a movie mm. is a consultative process because it is it's is collaborative um and like again it it 's not just the actor's existing in isolation I think mean, this was the big argument that you got. Like I think when when uh, Greta Gerwig got her Oscar nomination, her first her her first feature length film, Ladybird, um well, there there was some debate about her and say Jordan Peel getting nominations for their first films, and a lot of people were like, Yeah, but like they're not showy, they're not kind of traditionally staged, they're not quite oh. classically staged, the framing's not great, the cinematography is, is not But like the, the argument was basically that like, Gerwig, like, in consultation with her actors, had worked to get the performance that made There's... the film. In that like you, you you need to take a more holistic look at what a director does instead of necessarily looking at things like framing composition uh, and the traditional, you know, the the editing and and all this sort of technical stuff that we tend to say, Oh, well that's the director. And as opposed to distinguish it from what the
2: Gerwig, uh, with Gerwig as well, there's probably a more kind of insidious suggestion that like Noah Baumbach must be helping. out, You know?
0: Yes. Um, There is also that to be fair. Yes.
1: I I liked, I mean, I liked Lady Bird more than most of Bonebox films,
2: um, I think. Right. But it's a trend in, 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 in culture of over kind of shadowing um, uh, creative. Um, like we, we don't talk about
0: James. We don't talk about James Cameron as Catherine Bigelow's ex-husband. We do talk about Catherine Bigelow as James Cameron's ex-wife, that sort of thing. There's a difference in in how you talk about those two things. Perhaps I think
1: I tend I I tend to think there's a gr- there's a great deal of pity behind that as well. Because who'd want to be married, to James?
2: Um, I mean, if somebody didn't want to see their husband, you'd just say, "Hey, it's been a while since you've went to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> um, remember how much you like that? <laughs> don't be away, don't go away too long now. Um, um. Yeah." <laughs> Like the, that, that, that James Cameron doesn't make movies like Christopher Nolan does about how difficult it is to leave. It. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. We're um, never mind.
1: He goes wherever they want. He goes to other planets. Damn it. All right.
0: Um, is there anything else we want to talk about? Anything that we haven't discussed already with regards to the father? Anything kind of jumping out of people that we think merits discussion or debate, or that we haven't kind of dealt I'll say into, finally, uh, like James Cameron to the bottom of the ocean.
2: <laughs> I'll say finally mm-hmm. on the optimism point. I think that the, I, I was kind of saying. I think the I think the conclusion is optimistic um, because I, I I feel like the the point of the movie isn't that we all get older and lose our um, capacities. I think the point is rather that. Um, Essential workers are, are are heroes and are amazing, which 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 is what makes it, I guess, a very kind of twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one movie where we're catching up to a as a realization as a society that these people are important uh, and the work they of, do of is the important. importance of yeah yeah yeah, and I, I feel I feel like that kind of um, shine through um more than the c the, the kind of like i i i i feel like the 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 tragedy of um of anthony's kind of um loss of capacity is maybe undercut you could say by the estimation that he was probably never a great guy <laughs> um, um, uh, like, like if you wanted, if you wanted to, to kind of believe that. And by the way, I don't, I don't think that. I, I, I think the movie is more nuanced than than that. It is, it, it's not a very nuanced movie. But the like, there are moments in which, like,
0: well, that moment where he says, "Thank you to for everything."
2: Obsessed, his daughter. Yeah, thank you for everything. And um, yeah, what have you done with your hair? Like that hits harder.
1: Ass. Like that, those moments hit harder because we've seen him being cruel to they, her they almost do. before. And
2: that. um, like I, 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 guess like she kind of wants to um to kill him a bit, um, and yeah, we've all had that. Yeah, but we've all but, had that with sometimes I, with our parents. I, I, I guess like um, the, what I mean is that um that the question of whether whether um Anthony as a character deserves our, our, our sympathy. Um, I can imagine people kind of falling in different kind of um, camps on that. I think most people like almost everyone will, 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 will agree that he does um, uh, deserve sympathy, but I can see people um, maybe watching this movie and thinking, oh, screw <laughs> that guy. And that them still still being able to no, but it, like 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 people who feel like that this might be triggering, you know, even for 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 people who who who, who like have been upset like that, um, and don't have the forgiveness that Anne has. Um, well, that's I, I I know I'm speaking personally, but if
1: there is anybody who at the end of this film, if the lesson they take from it is I, screw but, that guy, but, those are people who don't want to be around. Like, that is exactly the, like, I mean, I guess that people might feel that way. I don't think that is the
2: point of the movie,
0: though. I think the point of the movie is the heroism the... the, the, the Well, like, Andrew, you're making me break the glass and give people their 250 center bingo stare. I don't, you know, Andrew, that Roger Ebert describes cinema as an empathy machine, a machine that generates empathy. (laughs) So the whole point...
2: Yeah, but empathy um, M- M- doesn't have to be um, all encompassing in, and complete in, in a particular. No, yeah, in, and it like you might identify more with Anne in that moment where she imagines um, kind of smothering the the uh, um, uh, mm-hmm. Anthony, and that, yeah, but but that smothering him in the bed. My I mean, my point it, is it, it is to be is that The movie doesn't hinge on on whether you feel one way or the other. As, 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 as like, and I'm not saying that it's likely that you will feel one way or the other. I, it is sympathy for everybody in the scenario.
1: I think is the point. Um, like Anthony is, Anthony and Anne are suffering with this. Like she is trying her best as a daughter, trying to provide for him. And I mean, there's clearly moments where he's trying to keep up and wants to, wants to maintain whatever level of independence that he can but but he can't the youngest just won't allow it so um i don't know maybe you know some, i'm sure the most cynical minded among you know, among us might suggest that maybe I, I feel for the guy more than i should but um i recently watched the uh what was the name of it uh, don't worry you won't get far on foot the gusman sand film which is about a man who is bound to a wheelchair um but the point is, Joaquin he was Phoenix
0: an... and Jonah Hill—is it? That's right.
1: Yeah. But the point about that character, the character that Joaquin Phoenix plays, is that he wasn't particularly pleasant before the accident, and now that he's in a wheelchair, that doesn't make him any more pleasant. But the fact that he is, and the fact that Anthony is suffering from this this illness, doesn't mean that because of who he is, that doesn't mean he deserves our sympathy. Because he's, as demonstrated in the film, he's going through a great deal of pain and anguish. And suffering. Yeah. So. I mean, my,
2: my, my, my point is not that people shouldn't feel sympathy for him or that people don't feel sympathy for him. Is that like whether you do or not, the, 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 um, there, there, there's a kind of an unambiguous heroism in the people who look after this man. Um, like whether, whether it's Anne or whether it's other Olivia's.
1: Well, <laughs> that's certainly part of it. <laughs> oh, and, and. And shout out to Olivia Williams, because she is somebody who delivers time and time again, usually in supporting roles. I'd love to see her in a lead, like a proper, proper lead, like Olivia Coleman gets. So, you know, I don't know the next time that somebody is going to cast Olivia Colman. Or something, like,
0: that's your breaking our two Olivia rules. That's the problem. You can only have one Olivia. There's only enough room in the marketplace, I think, for one Olivia. It's stress tested. Oh, come on. Build up a rivalry. Get a thing going. Want people want to see both? I mean, Olivia Thurlby tried as well, and that didn't work. I'm afraid, like the market can only support one. It, it's, I'm, I'm, it's unfortunate. It's sadly, it's not like a Ryan or a Chris situation where, like, we we tested and stress tested those, and you know, we can have like I think seven Chrises. Anyone happy with one? But unfortunately, one Olivia. I
2: feel like it's okay um, for an actor to be a supporting actor as well. Like, I kind of also want to see Olivia Williams as. A uh, as 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 a main actor, but I I feel like 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 you you get and you can you can probably do that on theatre where she she was she, she she wouldn't have any problem kind of you know carrying a um a play that's if if theatres were still a thing, um yeah. but um did in 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 terms of her as a, as 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 an actress like you see enough in things like uh uh Rushmore, and. Um, like, like, I, 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 I think she's fantastic in that, and it really like sticks with me. Um, All right, I? then.
0: Um, and Stacey, what about yourself? Anything to wrap up? Any thoughts, uh, kind of wrapping up on uh, the father?
3: Um, I mean, just very, very quickly to go back to sympathy slash empathy for this character, even though he's unpleasant. Because I think I was the one who mentioned earlier that I didn't like him, that I found him difficult, even when he was lucid. Uh, I think one of the great triumphs of this film is that you do empathize with his situation and everyone who has to engage with him in that situation. Like that, that is remarkable that you can dislike this man while still go, oh, this is a, a terrible. This is devastating. This is a devastating thing for anybody and anybody's family to have to deal with. Uh, and I also really wanted to briefly mention... Because we've talked so much about the visual storytelling and how effective it is, whether it's subtle or whether it's very on the nose, and uh, the final thing that I'll say that's very on the nose about the movie is the big statue that you see as Olivia Colman is leaving the the care facility. It's this sort face. of fractured, this enormous fractured face. Which, again, feels very on the nose, but is so striking to look at. You know, it's it's evoking these kind of fallen relics or this kind of like Ozymandias statue of like this once great figure has been toppled and broken apart as she leaves her father. This once great man who has fallen apart a bit behind her in this facility. I just thought it was a really lovely sort of uh, bit of punctuation to the movie
2: it's very kind of um it's 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 a very sort of a universal theme of this kind of broken uh man you know suffering from from uh memory loss like robocop um Or sorry, obligatory. (laughs) The chicken does does the chicken um, does
0: get eaten, and in fact, he actually asks. The
2: chicken does phase in and uh, out of existence. uh, Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Uh, yeah. So it it doesn't get wasted. There there is no inappropriate smoking that I can think of. I'm very sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This is just so silly. (laughs) Checking through the list. No, there
0: isn't. (laughs) Um, I this do want to just pull back the chicken as well. He's like, did you remove the... T- I wasn't finished with the chicken to ensure that there's minimal... He's always asking about oh, yeah. the chicken. cuz They didn't they didn't touch the Pope's yeah. nose. Well, I mean, look, that's... It's the best bit. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, I, I feel like, you know, however we can debate about how sympathetic he is, I think he's a very 250 protagonist. His immediate question is always, where's the chicken? Like, when is the chicken getting here? <laughs> where's the chicken? Where's We're the cooking chicken? chicken, right? We're going to eat the chicken. That's... When are we sit down for... Weren't we at yeah, eight chicken? o'clock we're having chicken for (laughs) breakfast it's eight o'clock shouldn't we be having chicken i think we should be having chicken right didn't there was a man there you know he was there you gave him the chicken i love the idea that he's like he's not suffering dementia he's just fixated on the possibility of food waste i think that's that's andrew's secret theory behind the movie right yeah
2: it's yeah it's just that he's not paying attention to anything else but the
0: chicken anything else because he's so focused on the chicken um all right then um so normally what we do at the end of the podcast, we ask our guests to recommend something, something you're enjoying at the moment. It could be something related to the movie we discussed, something unrelated, whatever brings you joy in this very trying time. So to give Stacy, to give Phil a chance to think about it, I'm going to ask Andrew to go first.
2: So we talked in the kind of Oscar sec- uh, section. Mank, 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 Mank. About a few movies. No, I'm, I I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do watch Mank. Um, because I do think it's good, and I, 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 I think it would be wrong for David Fincher to, um, to do a movie on film. I don't, I, 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 I think, I think he he's done it before, but his movies have always felt like they want a digital, um, uh, <laughs> format. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> um, yeah, and and uh, like Darren will know more about that than I would, but uh, yeah, I. I I did like Mank. That's not what I was going to recommend. I in 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 my two fifty, I can I I can I can cheat because they I have Legends of the Fall. I don't need to put um, Remains of the Day in it because I can put it in the book section. Um, Kazuo Ishiguro's uh, R- R- Remains of the Day, and I can think about the movie while reading it because it's a great book um, and and a great movie. But the movie is is as good as it is, not as good as the book. It's fantastic. I don't read books much. Oh. <laughs> the The Guardian did a like kind of top one hundred movies of the twenty first century, and I was like, "Oh, I've seen one of these. I've I've read one of these. I, I I beg I I beg your pardon." Um, and and the one I read wasn't very good. Um, so like I need to, I probably need to read more of these ones. Anyway, um,
0: so I, take that, Dan Brown's Angels and Demons. <laughs> So,
2: so yeah, it r- r- remains of the day, um, the book and the movie, if you like. Um, and in terms of making you cry, and Ludovic Ludovico Aionardi, who did the music for this um, experience, and the music for No Bad Land as well. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you people are catching up to mommy, I guess. I, yeah. I, 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 I wasn't certain that experience was the name of that song, so I just Googled it. And up came his his mommy, his mother. So Google, you got that one wrong. Her name's Renata. But yeah, experience by uh, Ion will make you cry. I beg your pardon.
0: Um, and Stacey, what would you recommend for listeners?
3: Um, I'm going to go and recommend the film I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, The Edge from 1997, directed by Lee Tamahori. If you do want to see Anthony Hopkins playing one of his types guy in the room who's smarter than everyone else and in control of the situation at all times uh it's it's a fun little it's scripted by david mammoth sort of he crashes in the wilderness with this man who may be a rival for his his wife and a fellow photographer and they are besieged by a large kodiak bear in the wilderness but it's it, 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 it's a psychological drama with an additional thread of a large Kodiak bear. It's a lot of fun. It's grizzly, no pun intended. Um, and yeah, you get to see just a, a edge top of your shelf. seat thrills. Indeed, uh, you get to see a top shelf Anthony Hopkins performance. Uh, it's one of my I don't want to say guilty pleasures, but it is the kind of film that feels like it's often described as a guilty pleasure. I think you should just enjoy what you enjoy. Is it? But is it
0: polarizing? Uh, yeah, sorry <laughs> um
3: yeah uh i, I think sorry. you'll have a wild
0: time with it to be fair
3: uh, yeah I, I, I was gonna say something about it it's it's it's, it's it, it, it can be polarizing but it's pretty bearable but all all things considered
2: um it's a quality movie sorry <laughs> pardon.
0: oh my god i just realized they're photographers and they're hassled by a kodak bear Ah, Kodiak bear. Ah, A Kodi- sorry, yeah, Stacey. Kodiak Stacey, we're ruining bear. your
2: your recommendations. <laughs> I beg your pardon. My
0: fault. Yeah, sorry. Apologies. Sorry. Sorry.
3: Yeah, and again, I've mentioned it already. But this year, in terms of this year's best picture nominees, Sound of Metal, I think is my favorite one, and I would recommend people to watch it if they can, if they can get hold of it. As Darren said earlier, I think it's on Amazon Prime now. Uh, if you, it is on bear, Amazon. yeah. Yep. Yeah, subscribing to Bezos. Uh, so yeah, the edge for some Anthony Hopkins capital A acting and of metal for this year's best picture nominees.
2: Want to acknowledge like any unintentional puns that you made as well, like any time you said bear.
0: Uh, in, in any <laughs> time I said bear, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's always. Bit, yeah. so, and
0: I'm really glad to see that you're drumming up a lot of enthusiastic support for Sound of music. I have to say. Sound of music. Oh, sorry, Sound of Metal. Sound very, of metal. Different very different movie. <laughs> yeah, Sound very of Metal. It's supposed um, to be great. And Phil... and a lot of good thing Yeah, Sound of Music is very One... good. Sound of Music is very, very good, <laughs> I think.
3: Very political, Mr. though. Plumber. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, how
2: do we feel about Nazis? Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: Nazis, bad. Very controversial <laughs> statement. Yeah. Um... yeah. <laughs> All right, Phil, what would you recommend for this? News?
1: Um, I'm sorry, just ever since... Uh... Andrew mentioned mommy I'm thinking of the last scene of this movie and I think I want to cry again uh Jesus Christ this uh like I said this one really really did a number on me and
0: um I mean, <sighs> I mean, not good in the sense of it doing a number but good in, in terms of having an emotional connection no no
1: people. it's like it's a meat it says emotionally beaten and bruised me in ways good. that I really well, did not anticipate um, but I am going to say this when researching this I was watching interviews Anthony Hopkins and one of the things that he does uh, he takes very pride in is uh, to keep his mind active and to keep it lucid uh, he learns uh, a new poem like, every every week and he, so longer poems he breaks it up and uh, in one of them he was asked would you just do a quick reading just to test him see if he could remember and um, he read this uh, just because it is very, very relevant. And um, I just want to read this extract for a moment, if I may. Let us go then, you and I, when the evening is spread out against the sky, like a patient etherized upon a table. Let us go then to have cert- certain half-deserted streets, the muttering retreats of restless nights in one-night cheap hotels, and so restaurants with oyster shells, streets that follow like a tedious argument of insidious intent to lead you to an overwhelming question Oh, do not ask, what is it? Let us go and make our visits. In the room, the women come and go, talking of Michelangelo. That is, of course, the opening to uh, T.S. Eliot's The Love Song of J. for Proofrock. And it's a painful meditation on the process of aging. And uh, I would recommend that people look up the collection, the love song of J. Alfred Rock and other poems. Yeah.
2: Um, it's more accessible. Elliot has always been a favorite as well than a lot of kind than, of T.S. Elliot. T.S.
3: Eliot,
2: yeah.
3: Getsy's a terror.
2: Exactly. Like with The Wasteland, you kind of, you either have to take the... Like, there's a lot
1: to plunge into. Yeah it, it,
2: it, yeah, it either has to be like the Tenet thing, where it's like, don't try to understand it, just feel it. Or you have to have read every book. <laughs> 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 kind of But even,
1: even in proof rugged there's a lot to go into, but it is, because of it, just its fame, I think it's one that people might be willing to give a go, and I strongly recommend that people read it and uh see what they get out of it um but yeah other than that uh you'll, you'll just have to forgive me because i am i myself am shocked by just my reaction to this movie so um my react my honest uh recommendation watch the father if you ha- like i know you have already but go watch it again i suspect i will do too soon
0: yeah no um and again it, it's amazing when a movie has that kind of emotional reaction i think to, for somebody um you know i am an unfeeling robot that generates movie opinions but no like all, all joking aside, we it is, know, like, again, we know. Th- it's an empathy machine, so it generating that connection is fantastic. And I'm actually really, really glad to hear that, and I think it's fantastic. Uh, in terms of recommendations for myself uh, from the Best Picture nominees, it's Promising Young Woman in a Walk is, is my personal favorite. Um, I think it's provocative, I think it's challenging, I think it plays with audience expectations, um, I think it plays with your idea of the audience gaze it it kind of meets the audience gaze and stares back and asks what you want from a movie like this and why you want it and why we construct the narratives that we do around these things um so i I really really like that uh in terms of anthony hopkins recommendations uh i'm gonna cheat i'm gonna recommend remains of the day like andrew did i'm also gonna recommend the edge like stacy did i'm gonna throw in shadowland actually because i'm a huge huge fan of shadowland sadly underseen um fantastic very moving movie no we know who was glaring at me earlier. yes i it, it was it was me um i am <laughs> the author of all your sorrows uh which is inexplicably not an anthony hopkins line from a movie um but no it is yeah no I, I found shadowlands very very deeply moving and it maybe did make me cry as well if we're talking about stuff like that um and yeah so that's that's really about it all right then um so where can people find you so stacy where are you at what up there?
3: uh I mean I'm on podcasts with you uh, Darren sometimes on The Escapist I'm on this podcast sometimes and I'm on Twitter tweeting about movies and other nonsense at Silver Saint S-T-G-R-O-U-D
0: And Phil where can we find you or can we find you or are you findable or are you lost in the labyrinth of I'm on
1: Letterboxd for what that's worth and I'm occasionally on this podcast. I'm delighted to be occasionally on this podcast. And um, <laughs>
0: I love the big project. Well, I know, well, I'm we have another, because I have to be. I'm on this podcast because I, yeah, I have to be as well.
1: <laughs> no, I'm on this podcast, but I enjoy it. And I know we have another episode coming up in a few weeks. We do. Uh,
0: That's the one where so. we
2: give out your address. Um.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks. Thanks. To, I, I was wondering what those parcel bombs were. <laughs> um, then I remembered, oh yes, Harakiri. I Don't now. open anything uh,
2: that you, that you receive. Um, it's not going to be socks. Um, this is a, um,
0: this is a bit of a tangent upon a tangent, but like, does anybody remember, was it that, like, remember when companies used to mail out, uh, publicity material for movies, did anybody get the Irish story package, which was a wooden shoe box and you open it and because like for people who don't know the Irish story was a movie about like an IRA terrorist
1: story. I remember was this the one with Colin Meaney
0: Yes, it was. It was about, like, revenge in the north for somebody who had killed somebody during the Troubles. Tell them, Darren. Tell them what was in the promo box. box. You get a wooden wooden shoebox, and you open it, and inside is just a note in fake handwriting saying, I know what you did, and then there's a whole bunch of, like, hay, and when... No, 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 it gets better. When you dig around inside the hay, you find a little black bag with a sachet, and it has nails in it, so you open that up, and then there's, like, a balaclava in there as well, and... Yeah!
3: Yeah!
1: This yeah. really happened, people. Uh, it was not, it wasn't appreciated.
3: This is very ill-advised. But it got
1: people talking about a movie that we've now <laughs> since forgotten.
2: Yeah. Had they already quit their job before, like, sensitivity was uh, training was, <laughs> yeah. was offered? Like, it's like, see you guys. Oh, by the way, <laughs> this new marketing campaign is going to blow your socks off. Um, do you also get a phone call to warn you? That you're about to get this... Andrew and
0: Phil will know my friend Tim, who I was living with at the time, and who was at the apartment, and who was at the apartment more regularly than I was. (laughs) So, like, I know that I occasionally get junk from movies. Tim, who is a very um, proper individual, like, opens the mail one day and finds a big wooden box. (laughs) Which looks... (laughs) Like... I...
2: I love the thought of, of Tim getting that even more than you getting that. Because I, 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 feel, I feel like, like um, yeah, that, that's... That's brilliant.
0: appalling. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Um, all right, then. And you can follow the podcast at, at the 250. Uh, we are doing a special thing this week because we wanted to rush and get this out before the Oscars, as everybody's talking about it. So we are going to do two episodes this week. In the middle of the week, we're going to drop our mukbang episode covering Mac and me in which we will be eating uh, McDonald's and Rustlers, apparently, and Skittles and Coke, while we talk about one of the uh, least convincing family-friendly blockbusters of the uh, 80s. Um, And then next week, to mark (laughs) the release of Mortal Kombat on HBO Max, we'll be talking about Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and we'll be doing both of those with the wonderful Richard Drum and the fantastic Niall Glynn. One of them is more enthusiastic than the other, but we'll get to that next week. Take it easy, guys. Join us then. So Bye. if
2: if you enjoyed this, don't join us next week. <laughs> <Yeah>, they're very <laughs> different very movies. Different. <laughs> they're very different sensibilities.
0: I should be very clear, actually. Like I I did the best I could in the edit on the Mac and Me episode, but like there's a lot of rustling. I'm sorry. There's a lot of no no I'm not sorry. at all. I
2: don't, I don't oh, actually, no, that was intentional. <laughs> yeah, that was very. But the, the <laughs> I sound. Was, I
0: was in, and it, that's depending depending the story you're sticking it. with. but you just made it better Um, alright, take it easy, thank you so much Phil thanks Stacey, cheers thank you so much guys bye bye
3: thanks guys, thanks for having us